Yankee Baseball is brought to you by Atlantic Richfield Company and your local Atlantic dealer. Atlantic keeps your car on the go with the gasoline and service to make your car feel young again. And by Peel's Real Draft, the beer that won the 1969 taste test. Now in just a moment, Bill Rizzuto, Jerry Coleman, Frank Messer with the play-by-play of the Yankee game. This is Frank Messer welcoming you to New York Yankee Baseball. Jerry Coleman and I are on hand to bring you all the action in tonight's game between the Yankees and the California Angels. This is the third game of the current four-game series. The Yankees have won one. The Angels have won one. And who's going to win tonight's game? Well, we just don't know. But we do know one thing. We have beautiful weather here in Southern California. Bright, clear skies. Temperature is 72 degrees as we're just about three minutes away from the start of tonight's game. On the mound for the Yankees, Mel Stottlemyre, the ace right-hander of the Yankee staff, with 14 wins and 7 losses. Mel Stottlemyre leads the major leagues in complete games with 16. He'll be opposed by Jim McLaughlin, who will be making his first start of the year against the Yankees tonight. McLaughlin, this year, has won 5 and lost 9. In lifetime against the Yankees, he is 2-2. Two two. Stottlemyre's lifetime record against the California Angels, 10 wins and 3 losses. And we'll be back with the starting lineup for tonight's game in just a moment. You know what Alan Hutchins of Lake Capatcon, New Jersey, looks for in a beer? Lightness, that's what. Same goes for James Brady of Astoria, New York. He likes a light beer, too. So does Herbert Semmel of Forest Hills, New York, and Gary Just of East Newark, New Jersey. They all prefer a beer that doesn't leave you feeling filled up. And when they participated in that dramatic 1969 beer taste test, well, naturally, they all preferred Peel's Real Draft. Real Draft means lighter-tasting beer. But Peel's has more than lightness. It's got smoothness, too, and mildness and flavor. It's no wonder those other top-selling brands just couldn't beat Peel's when they fought it out. In unlabeled bottles and unmarked glasses for the Eastern Championship of Beer. If you're looking for a beer with real championship taste, a beer that's in a league all its own, test Peel's Real Draft yourself. You'll be convinced, too. Out of the Yankee bullpen, Mel Stottlemyre is warming up to start tonight's game. And down on the left sidelines, the right-hander Jim McLaughlin warming up for the California Angels. And ready right now with the starting lineups and some comments of his own on this game in the series. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Jerry Coleman. Jerry? Okay, Frank Messer, we have another beautiful night as we had a similar day here in California. Delightful evening for baseball. The crowd is piling in. Here at the Big A at Anaheim, very little wind tonight. And it's just getting dark. In the first two games of this four-game set, the Yankees got the first one three to one, and last night they dropped the second game when Messersmith came up with a two-hitter and shut them out by a score of six to nothing. Tonight, though, looking at the starting lineup for the Yankees, it'll be Horace Clark leading off at second base. Jerry Kenny playing third base, batting second. Bobby Mercer in right field hitting third. Joe Pepitone batting cleanup. He'll be at first base. Jimmy Hall is in center field tonight, batting fifth. 
Gene Michael, the shortstop, will bat six. Tommy Chopin is playing in place of Roy White, who's doing a service duty this evening and tomorrow. So Chopin in left field and batting seventh. Jake Gibbs behind the plate. He'll hit eighth. And Mel Stottlemyre, shooting for his 15th win of the year, will be pitching and batting ninth. For the California Angels, leading off at second base, Sandy Alomar. Jay Johnstone, the center fielder, will bat second. Rick Reichert in left field, hitting third. Batting cleanup and playing shortstop, Jim Fergosi. Bill Voss will be the right fielder. He'll bat fifth. At first base and batting sixth, Jim Spencer. Aurelio Rodriguez is at third base. He'll hit seventh. Batting eighth and doing the catching, Joe Askew. And pitching and batting ninth, Jim McLaughlin. Right now, as the umpires come out and the two managers gather around home plate, let's pause for station identification. Hi, Harry Downey speaking. Every day it's music and mystery. Stay close weekdays, 10 to 11.30 a.m. and 1 to 3 p.m. here on WGY Schenectady. The umpires for tonight's game, calling balls and strikes behind the plate, will be Larry Barnett. At first base, the senior man on this group, Ed Rungi. At second, Jim Odom and George Maloney will be at third. The Yanks and the Angels have played eight games thus far, and the Yankees have a 6-2 lead. They're 4-0 at Yankee Stadium, and they've split four games here at the Big A in Anaheim. So it'll be Stottlemyre and McLaughlin, two right-handers going at it. Lefty Phillips, the manager for the Angels, and Ralph House go back to their respective dugouts. And the players are now going to be introduced individually. Bill Voss coming out and heading toward right field. It's a new gimmick that they've come up with here in Anaheim. So the players are taking their field by position. And while they do, we'll give you some scores while we have a moment. In 10 innings, the Senators beat the Oakland A's 3-1. Reggie Jackson tied it up in the bottom of the ninth with his 39th home run of the year, but the Senators got two in the top of the tenth to win it. The winner was Shellen back, and the loser was Odom. Cleveland beat Minnesota 6-3, so there's no blood there as the Twins and the A's both lose. In that Minnesota-Cleveland game, the winning pitcher was Ellsworth. He started for the Indians, and the loser was Miller. Baltimore edged the White Sox Two to one, the winning pitcher Phoebus and the loser Horland. We'll have the rest of the scores for you in just a moment, but right now the folks here at Anaheim's Big A are on their feet and our national anthem.
continuing with the scores in the American League, the Tigers slaughtered Kansas City 12-2. The winning pitcher, Earl Wilson, he went all the way, and the loser was Butler. In night action tonight in Seattle, Boston, and the Pilots going at it. Seabird for the Red Sox, Talbot for Seattle. In the National League, the Mets beat Cincinnati 3-2 as Tommy Seaver came up with his 15th win of the year. Chicago 3 and the Dodgers 2 as they managed to hold the lead over the uh, New York Mets. The winning pitcher in that game, Regan in relief for the Cubs. Brewer took the loss for the Dodgers. The Giants beat the Cardinals 7-6. Winning pitcher in relief, Lindsay. The loser also in relief, Horner. The Pirates 4 and San Diego 3 in 10 innings. Moose got the win. McCool took the loss. Montreal took Atlanta again, 7-4. The winning pitcher in that one in relief was McGinn, and the loser also in relief was Stone. And after seven innings of play, Houston leads Philadelphia 4-1. Palmer relieved by Boozer and Farrell for the Phillies. Griffin all the way for Houston. Right here, we're about ready to go. Moving in to lead it off for the Yankees, Horace Clark. He's going up against Jim McLaughlin. Hard-throwing right-hander, whose record, though, is only 5-9. He has not been quite as successful as he would like to have been. He's had a pretty good earned run average under 3, but has not been able to put the wins on the right side of the ledger. So now let's switch it over to Frank Messer on the first pitch of this ballgame. All right, Jerry Coleman, thank you very much. McLaughlin throws, Clark takes, a strike called, and we're underway. No balls and one strike to Horace Clark, the Yankees' leading hitter for average in the lineup, batting 281. Roy White, the Yankees' 300-plus hitter, as Jerry told you in the service tonight, Clark fouls this one back behind the plate, and it's strike two. No balls and two strikes. Jerry Kenny on deck. Bobby Mercer will bat third. Jim McLaughlin with a record of five wins and nine losses. An earned run average would indicate a much better record, 2.81. Into the windup. Kicks and deals, and he's high and outside. One ball and two strikes. Rick Reichardt in left field, Jay Johnstone in center, and Bill Voss in right field defensively for California. Aurelio Rodriguez very, very wide of the line at third. He's almost at a normal shortstop position. Clark fouls one back on the screen. Count holds at one and two. The shortstop, Fregosi, water over towards second. The second baseman, Sandy Alomar, midway between first and second. And Spencer at first, deep and down the line. Joe Askew sets up a target. The windup by McLaughlin. Here's the pitch. Clark takes high, and it's two balls, two strikes. Jim McLaughlin has the best streak of any pitcher in California Angels history. He deals, and Clark gets a ground ball to second. Sandy Alomar waiting for it. Digs it up, throws to first in time, and there's one down. Over the first half of 1967, Jim McLaughlin won nine and lost only two ball games. And that is the best streak of any pitcher in the Angels' history. Since then, he's, well, it's tough to say he's gone downhill, but he has not equaled that performance. He's ready to work now to Jerry Kenny, hitting 258. The pitch is taken at the knees on the inside corner, strike one. Since that big start in 67, McLaughlin has won 18 and lost 30. He kicks and deals. And there's a line shot past the shortstop. Fregosi on into left field base hit. Low line drive it on the skin of the infield. Fregosi could not get to it. And Kenny is on with the first hit of this ball game. 
So the Yankees have a runner at first and Bobby Mercer coming on. Spencer will hold Kenny on at first base. Jerry had a couple of words with Coach Elston Howard and now looks across the diamond to Dick Hauser coaching at third. Bobby Mercer hitting 261. Leads the Yankees in RBI with 57. McLaughlin off the stretch. Kicks and deals and Mercer takes a strike on an off-speed pitch. That Aurelio Rodriguez down at third, still very wide of the line. He's in at the edge of the grass. Fregosi shades even more towards second. Throw to first base. Kenny is back standing. Out in center field, Jay Johnstone fades a bit toward the alley in right center. Rick Rockhart straight away in left and deep in right field, Bill Boss. The pitch, high and away. One ball, one strike to Bobby Mercer. Frank, when you see a third baseman like Rodriguez playing as wide of the line as he is, sometimes it's a pretty good indication of the pattern the pitcher will set up. You can read a defense sometimes from the pitching standpoint with the defense in the infield. All right, sir. 1-1 pitch now to Mercer. He lines it. Foul ball over the head of the first baseman, Spencer. And just foul. It hit in the area where the grass is cut away for the foul line, but just Oh, you're going to have to say an inch or two only to the right side of the chalk. If it hits the chalk, it's a fair ball. And that was mighty, mighty close. First base umpire, the veteran Ed Rungi turned around. As soon as the ball hit the ground, he signaled foul. Kenny running hard was well around towards third before he realized it was a foul ball. Had that ball been fair, Kenny would have scored. One-two pitch now to Bobby Mercer. Here it comes. He takes low. Two balls, two strikes. Now with two strikes on Mercer, the third baseman Rodriguez is backed up almost halfway between the infield and outfield grass and still extremely wide of third base. Almost a double shortstop defense by the Angels. There goes Kenny. The pitch is swung on and missed. The throw to second base. Kenny is tagged out by Fregosi to complete the double play. Throw for the Yankees in the first. No run to base hit. There were no errors. And nobody has left on base. At the end of one half, it's the Yankees nothing and the Angels coming to bat. Now, here's a real smart idea for the real hot weather. A big summertime pack of Peel's Real Draft Beer. You get a dozen 12-ounce cans in a nylon net bag. You can trail it off the side of a boat to keep your beer cool. Housewives, sportsmen, fishermen can use it for all sorts of things. What's more, those 12 cans are aluminum. They're faster chilling, compact, they won't rust either. And you don't get a tinny taste with aluminum. Just a lighter, fresher taste of Peel's Real Draft Beer. The taste that can't be beat. Ask for a summertime pack of Peel's Real Draft. A dozen 12-ounce aluminum cans in a handy nylon bag. Speaking of aluminum, Peel's is celebrating its success in the 1969 beer taste test by giving away six 15-foot aluminum polar craft boats. If you haven't entered the Peel's Aluminum Boat Sweepstakes yet, listen in for the details on these New York Yankee broadcasts. It's so easy, and you could be a winner. Well, two weeks from today will be the big day at Yankee Stadium, and we have some more acceptances from some of the old-time greats that will be there on that afternoon. Lefty Gomez, who has a 6-0 World Series record. Allie Reynolds. His World Series mark 7-2, and, and of course, the immortal Dizzy Dean will be on hand. And they'll go hand-in-hand hand with Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, 
Ralph Franken, Bobby Thompson, Joe Dugan, Bobby Doerr, Joe Cronin, Lefty Grove, Frank Malzone, Bill Scarron, Stan Kowaleski, and Gil McDougal. And that's just the start. We'll have more as we get closer to that big day, Saturday afternoon, August the 9th. And another highlight of that day, the Oakland Athletics will be in town with Reggie Jackson, who has topped his 39th home run of the year, and that's in 95 ball games. And it puts him one game ahead of Roger Maris and 23 ahead of Babe Ruth. Maris hit his 39th in his 96th. Ruth hit his 39th in his 118th game. So Reggie Jackson and all the old stars of the past will be there August the 9th. We'll look forward to seeing you at Yankee Stadium. That'll be quite a day, Jerry, and we're all looking forward to it. Mel Stottlemyre whom many acclaim to be the best right-hander in the American League. And among those making that claim is manager Ralph House, ready to pitch now to Sandy Alomar, the second baseman, a left-hand hitter for the California Angels. Alomar is batting 240. Donald Meyer to the windup, and here's the pitch to him. Strike one is called, the sinking fastball in the knees. Get on the grass, Jerry Kenny at third. Tom Schofe in left field has been brought in fairly shallow by catcher Jake Gibbs. Schofe is set up quite deep. Gibbs brought him in against the left-hander. The outfield is shallow all the way around. Alomar is not a long hitter. He lines this one foul to the seats on the left side for strike two. Alomar, line drive hitter. He's got good speed. He'll get extra base hits, but he will not hit the long ball. He's hit one home run this year. Pepitone plays him deep and toward the line at first base. The right side of the infield fairly well open. Pepitone guarding the line, and Clark is not over in the hole. He's favoring, almost favoring the second base side. There's the windup by Stottlemyre in the pitch, low and inside. One ball and two strikes. Mel Stottlemyre, the starting pitcher for the American League in the All-Star game. Looking down to Gibbs. Kenny is back, back a step or two now with two strikes on Alomar. He's not looking for the bunt. The wind-up, the one-two delivery. Low and inside, a fastball, and Gibbs blocks it, can't catch it. Two balls, two strikes. Frank, this is a case where the infield has got to know the pattern of their pitcher. Stottlemyre is not the kind of guy who'll pull the string too much, and if he does, it won't be on the inside. Otherwise, Clark could be trapped pretty good. He's favoring the middle, and as long as Stottlemyre keeps it low and away, he'll be all right. Two-two pitches foul back, and the count holds at two balls and two strikes. Nobody on, nobody on. No score here in the bottom half of the first inning. Alomar waiting. The 2-2 pitch to him. Hit on the ground to Clark. At second, he takes it on a big hop. Throws over to Pepitone. It's in time. Alomar was running hard on that one, and he turns around and gives Ed Rungi a little bit of a look. And now, slowly walks back toward the dugout. Alomar out on a close play at first base. He gets down that line in a hurry. It brings up the center fielder, Jay Johnstone. Jay Johnstone hitting 238. Six home runs, 41 runs butted in. Again, Pepitone plays him well toward the line. The pitch to him. Strike called. And there's an off-speed pitch from Stottlemyre. Caught Johnstone completely by surprise. Jerry Kenny again in shallow at third at the edge of the grass. 
Chopay shallow and left. Rest the outfield straight away, and the pitch misses outside. Another off-speed pitch from Sutherland. Deep man in the outfield is Mercer and Wright. Jimmy Hall in center field tonight is straight away in a direct line between home plate, the pitcher's mound, and second base. The windup in the 1-1 pitch. Johnstone loops it foul into the seats over the third base dugout. A lot of hands go up, and the ball, as usual, hits the concrete. It's amazing how those baseballs can get through so many pairs of hands. But more often than not, they manage to, and then the scramble is on, on the deck. One-two pitch. Get on the ground through the box to his right. Clark, he's got it. He throws. He's out at first base. Clark throws out Johnstone, and there are two down. Our young fellow that's been sort of a mystery to the California Angel fans, Rick Reichardt. He's hitting for a good average, 270. But they're disappointed in Reichardt's home run production. It is only eight. Reichardt, big, strong, right-hand hitter. The number three man in the lineup. Eight homers, 35 runs that it in, and Stottlemyre ready to work to him. Here's the pitch. He fouls it away. It'll be in the mezzanine on the first base side. No balls and one strike. On deck, the shortstop, Jim Fregosi. Against Reichard, Gene Michael plays deep in the hole at shortstop. Outfield stays straight away except for Mercer. Swing and a miss. And it's strike two. Mercer is over toward the alley in right center. The distances here at the Anaheim Stadium to each foul pole, 333 feet. To straightaway center at 406. And to what we refer to as the power alleys, that is right center and left center field, 375 feet. It's an honest ballpark. A home run here is a home run. The 0-2 pitch now to Rick Reichert. Inside, he backs away from it. One ball and two strikes. The only so-called cheap home run would be if you hooked it just around the foul pole. For it's 333. And the 1-2 deal. He bounces it foul over and almost into the dugout. The bat boy grabbed the ball before it went in on the third base side. Count holds at one and two. Two outs, nobody on, and no score. Bottom half of the first. Yankees with a game. The Angels with a game in this series. Tottlemeyer rocks back on the left foot. Kicks and delivers. And there's a ground ball. Hits the third. Jerry Kenny has it. The hop, skip, and jump. He throws him out, and the side is retired. Quick three up, three down inning, and an indication that Stottlemyre has everything going tonight. Three ground balls here in the first. At the end of one, it's the Yankees nothing and the Angels nothing. A beer shouldn't leave you with a filled-up feeling, says Nicholas Paola of Roselle Park, New Jersey. I like a beer that's not too heavy, says Thomas Moriarty of New London, Connecticut. I like a beer that doesn't bloat you, says Arthur Downing of West New York, New Jersey. And I like a beer that doesn't make you feel like a balloon, says Douglas Elworth of West Orange, New Jersey. All of these gentlemen participated with many other people in the 1969 beer taste test when Peels challenged leading brands for the Eastern Championship of Beer. They preferred Peels to the other beers they tasted. Why? Well, there's really no great mystery about it. Peels, you know, is a real draft beer, and draft beer tastes lighter. It doesn't leave you with a filled-up feeling. What Peels does do is give you a smooth, fresh taste every time. And taste, after all, is the name of the game. 
Once you try Peel's Real Draft, you'll understand why no other beer in the 1969 taste test could beat it. Peel's Real Draft, the beer with a winning taste. And as Doug Elworth put it, it doesn't leave you feeling like a balloon. Well, it's something we always note out here in Anaheim and everywhere around the league. You run into Yankee fans, but especially here in Southern California. And one of the most avid Yankee fans that I know of anywhere is out here watching the games, Mr. Mike Burke, uh, president of the Yankees. Mike, welcome. Always nice to be in Southern California, Frank. Well, we're very happy to have you here and uh, you in the game from our broadcast for, for a little while anyway tonight. Joe Pepitone is set to lead off for the Yankees. Mike, it always seems that after the All-Star break, the clubs are sort of rejuvenated. It's like starting the season all over again. Yeah, I noticed around the batting cage a little... a new light tonight. Uh, maybe there were some new jokes going around, but the boys seem a little livelier, a little uh, happier, laughing a little more frequently, and uh, I think you're right. They get a new lease on life. What we refer to as a happy ball club, and it certainly is. Joe Pepitone tries to bunt the first pitch, and he fouls it back. Joe trying to drag himself on. Let's see what he does right here. Pepe is hitting 246, leads the club in homers with 19. McLaughlin throws. He swings at this one. Ground ball right side. And a nice play by Alomar. Throws back to the pitcher in time. He's a fine play. play by Alomar and the pitcher, Jim McLaughlin, on that one. Looked like a sure hit to me. Really a great play. Alomar took it in right field. He went way back in the grass, going quickly to his left, and turned in a fine play on Pepitone. Let's say robbery there by Sandy Alomar. One down, and here comes Jimmy Hall, the center fielder tonight for the Yankees. Ball is hitting 216. He made a long way for that ball, Frank. Oh, he did. He made a fine play, and that was just like you said, Mike. That looked like a sure base hit. Hall looks at a fastball for a strike. Jimmy Hall replacing Ron Woods in Sutterfield tonight to get another left-hand hitter in against the right-hander, Jim McLaughlin. The wind-up the pitch to him, down low this time, and the count evens at one and one. Still amazing to me the way that Rodriguez at third plays all these left-hand hitters. Almost, he's... Oh, good one-third of the way between uh, third and second base. Almost halfway. High chopper, right side, charged this time by Alomar. He has, he throws, and he's out at first base. And another two fine plays. Good play by Alomar, Mike. He had to come in on that one. There's nothing. You can't climb up in the air and get those high bounces. I know those infielders wish they had a ladder there. They could just scurry up there and grab it a little quicker. But you have to wait for it to come down. He got rid of that one fast, didn't he? And then that's the secret. Get rid of it in a hurry. Gene Michael moves in. Mike, this kid has been one of the uh, most pleasant surprises to me. Isn't it great to see a boy come into his own like that? He takes a pitch down low for ball one. Especially those of us who saw him last year, we heard that uh, Gene was a great fielder, but he got just, I think, just all mixed up last year. But this year he has put everything together. He slices this one foul toward the seats down the left field line. Michael with a 271 batting average. He turns in all the plays at shortstop. He's a good team man. He'll do anything. He might slap one by Rodriguez down there. He just might. That's right. Rodriguez creeping in on the grass. And Michael looks at a strike. It's one and two. One word for a guy like Gene Michael. He's a professional. Do anything he can to help the club out. 
Chokes up just a bit on the bat handle. Slice it there. He went. He tried to go tried to left to go field. Forward, yeah. And he fouled it just past the third base dugout. He handles that bat with a lot more confidence this year, don't you think so? He certainly does. I think that's, that's the word, confidence. Gene said that he has the confidence this year that he did not have last year. Yeah, he looked uncertain last year. and wasn't sure he was going to hit or not when he went to the plate. One-two pitch to him. He swings and misses as McLaughlin pulled the string on it just a little bit. He had Michael fooled, and Michael was out in front of the pitch. So the Yankees are three up, three down, nothing across. And at the end of one and a half, the score, the Yanks nothing and the Angels nothing. Would you like to win a boat, a 15-foot aluminum polar craft ski king, big enough to accommodate your whole family? Well, here's what it's all about. I've been telling you how Peel's Real Draft couldn't be beat in the 1969 beer taste test. Well, to celebrate their success, the Peel's people would like to give you a chance to win something now. So they're running this really exciting sweepstakes. During every Tuesday night game in Yankee Stadium, from August 5th to September 30th, I'll be drawing the name of a lucky winner from the names of the finalists drawn before the game. There'll be six games and six winners. There's nothing to buy, no jingles to write. All you do is put your name, address, and phone number on a postcard. Mail it to Peel's Aluminum Boat Sweepstakes, Box 85, Brooklyn, New York, 11207. That's Peel's Aluminum Boat Sweepstakes, Box 85, Brooklyn, New York, 11207. The sweepstakes is void where prohibited by law, and you've got to be 21 or older. You are? Then come on, take a chance, and good luck. This program is authorized under rights granted by the New York Yankees solely for the entertainment of our audience. And any publication, reproduction, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express consent of the New York Yankees is prohibited. Jim Fregosi will lead off as we go to the bottom half of the second. Fregosi, the shortstop, hitting 267. Stottlemyre winds and deals, and Fregosi takes inside, ball one. Stottlemyre and Fregosi were teammates at the All-Star game. And the 1-0 pitch. Drive on the left field, but Chopin is waiting for it, and he makes the catch. Ball traveled well. It didn't look like Fergosi took a big swing at it, but he met it solidly. Chopin had him play just perfectly, and there's one down. And now the left-hand hitting right fielder Bill Voss, a 2.48 hitter. Stottlemyre's pitch to him. High chopper over the mound, charging in Michael and Clark. Now it's Stottlemyre who has it, throws low to Pepitone and not in time. Voss beats it out for a base hit. Stottlemyre was going back. Michael and Clark were coming in. Stottlemyre got to the ball first. In his haste to get it to Pepitone, he threw it down in the dirt. Pepitone dug it out nicely. Nobody better in the American League at digging out low throws than Pepitone, but it just was not in time. On the high chopper, Voss beats it out for a base hit. That ball seemed to hang up in the sky for 30 minutes, didn't it? It sure did, Mike. That brings up Jim Spencer, the first baseman. They tell me this young man has made quite a difference in this uh, California Angels ball club. He's hitting 252. He's hit for two home runs. They say he's done a good job down at first base and has had some timely base hits. Well, last night he did. 
Fastball is over. Strike call. Spencer, a left-hand hitter. Chances are, unless he slices one off, we wouldn't have an opportunity to see it. But I'm just waiting for Chopay to have to make a throw from left field. He has a fine, fine arm. He's not a big man, but he gets a lot behind that throw. He won't take a back seat to anybody. Tottlemeyer deals. There's a chopper to first. It's foul. Pepitone saw it foul. Spun away and let it go. No balls and two strikes to Jim Spencer. Now Stottlemyre will take a little breather for himself, rubbing on a new baseball. Pepitone holding Boss on at first. Gibbs gives the sign. Now puts up the target. The set by Sotomayor. The two-strike pitch coming. Spencer takes it over but low. It gets away from Gibbs, but he blocks it in front of him, and there's no chance for Voss to move up. Now Spencer steps back. Set by Stottlemyre. The pitch coming. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Tomel Stottlemyre gets his first strike out of the ball game as he fans Jim Spencer. Two down, and it will bring up the third baseman Aurelio Rodriguez. Rodriguez is a right-hand hitter. He carries a 247 batting average. Pepitone continues to hold Boss on at first base. Here's the pitch. Blown away. The Angels not uh, basically a running ball club, as are the Yankees. But this could be a situation for Boss to try to move up. a very short lead, an indication sometimes that a man will be going. He does not go. The pitch is hit on the ground to Kenny at third. Jerry has it, fires at the Clark at second, in time for the fourth on Voss, who went sliding in, and Clark had to move quickly to get out of the way of the spikes. So, for California in the second, no runs, a base hit, there were no errors, and a man is left. At the end of two, it's the Yankees nothing and the Angels nothing. McDonald's restaurants, famous for 100% beef, salute other Americans who gave 100%. The scene, the Olympic Games. And it's America's own Jackie, the Jet Fetlock, first out of the blocks. Fetlock's out in front, and Fetlock wins it. Another 100% effort, and another gold medal for the United States. Congratulations, Jackie. Thanks. Hey, can I say hello to someone at home? Your mother? No, the gang down at McDonald's. McDonald's restaurants? Oh, yeah, you see, that's where I develop my speed. You owe your speed to McDonald's? Oh, sure, I worked my way through college, see? Had a job at McDonald's making those delicious 100% beef hamburgers, Cokes, french fries, shakes, you know. I know. And you gotta learn to be quick, because McDonald's is famous for lightning-fast service. That's amazing. And I always eat at McDonald's, too. My favorite sandwich is the Big Mac. Two of those 100% beef hamburgers with cheese on a triple-decker bun. Well, I guess they were good for you. You're really a healthy-looking young man. I'm not a man. I'm a woman. Oh. What's the matter with you? Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, uh, back to McDonald's is your kind of place. Your kind of place. Quick 
reminder that the next Senior Citizens Day at Yankee Stadium will be Tuesday, August 12th, when the Yankees entertain the Minnesota Twins for a night game. Senior citizens will be admitted to general admission seats for a 50-cent service charge. That is Tuesday, August 12th, when the Yankees play the Minnesota Twins. Tom Schulte steps in to lead off the third inning. Schulte, a left-hand hitter. First pitch to him. He bunts it down the third baseline foul. Schulte has excellent speed. He's a happy boy to be back up here, isn't he? Oh, he sure is. You know, he's, he has his wife out here in the West. Oh, does he? Yes. And, uh, all the, well, they are just kids. Yep. I was going to say, they're just like kids, you know, the Disneyland bed and uh, sure. all the sightseeing. Yeah, but they are kids. He's wearing a big smile these days. Next pitch to him. He takes this one low for a ball. Schulte is listed in the Yankee press guide as being 5'9", 160. He was cute the other night to see Phil. Phil Rizzuto doesn't believe he's that tall. Phil was measuring with him. Phil said, I know how tall I am. Schulte fouls this one back, and it is just to our left. And I'll tell you, Schulte... Uh, it's almost an optical illusion. He really doesn't look 5'9", but he is. He, he, is he really how tall is Phil? Phil is about, uh, well, you know, Phil doesn't like to say. <laughs> Chopin, Chopin will top Phil by an inch and a half or two inches. Really? So, yeah. One, two, pitch to him. Line Good to the at the base hit. Played on one hop by Reichert, and Chopin is on with a leadoff single. Well, the Yankees have their second base hit of the ball, and now Chopin can uh, motor along pretty well. He can steal a base. Jake Gibbs steps in and takes high and away, ball one. And before the next pitch, we pause for station identification. Hi, Terry Lester here. Kick those late afternoon blues. Keep happy from 3 to 7 p.m. weekdays on WGY Schenectady, Radio 81. The set by McLaughlin and the pitch to Gibbs. Strike is called. It's one and one. Now to first base, Spencer is holding Chopin on. I think Chopin's height is deceiving because his shoulders are so broad. Yes. It uh, makes him look less tall than he actually is. Well, the first base, he's back in plenty of time. Pretty good lead by Chopin. Gives it the ground ball to short. Fragosi has. Throws to second for what? Alomar back to first. Not in time. Gibbs beats it out at first base. Chopin is forced at second. Fragosi to Alomar. And Gibbs, with that good speed, he's one of the fastest catchers in baseball, beats the relay back to first base. Brings up Mel Stottlemyre. Mel's the kind of a pitcher that can help himself at the plate. He's had 12 base hits. One home run. He squares the bot and bunts it foul down the first base side. No balls and one strike. 
Mel Stottlemyre well on his way to another 20 victory season. Shooting for win number 15 tonight. The one strike pitch. He squares again. He takes the bat away and the pitch is outside. One ball, one strike. Stottlemyre looks down to Dick Hauser again to see if the bunt sign is still on. Gibbs at first. Spencer holding him on and then will charge the plate. McLaughlin deals. Stottlemyre bunts it foul again over toward the on-deck circle on the right side. A ball and two strikes. Gibbs speed down there at uh, first base. He led all the major league catchers last year with nine stolen bases. He leans towards second. He does not go. The pitch is taken outside. Two balls, two strikes. Again, Stottlemyre steps out of the box and looks down to Hauser. We're in the top of the third. There's no score. McLaughlin ready to work, brings the hands together just below the belt, kicks and fires, and he's outside for ball three. Full count now, three and two. And now Gibbs stares across to Hauser. Hauser does not give the signs. He relays them from manager Ralph House. House puts the sign on. Gibbs goes. The pitch is lined out of the right center field. He's going to be in for a base hit. Gibbs stopped at second, now goes on to third base. He held up for a moment to see whether or not Voss could get to it. And the Yankees have runners at first and third on a base hit to right center by Stottlemyre. Frank, I couldn't help but smile to myself seeing Mel in the White House the other day when President Nixon had the uh, reception for the ball players. Standing there tall and lean and handsome. He looked like a piece of Americana that could have been in the White House in 1969 or 1869 or any other time. He, he just looked like uh, someone carved right out of America in any era. And really a great credit to baseball and a great credit to the Yankees to see him there. It made me very proud to see him there. I'm sure it did, Mike. He's a very clean-cut young man, a very fine young man. Horace Clark rounded out the second his first time up. Infield plays back, and here's the pitch to him. High and away. One ball and no strikes. Stottlemyre at first and Gibbs at third. Well, if Stottlemyre hit, it was obvious from up here it would not be caught. From field level, you can't tell, though. So Gibbs slowed up. Here's the pitch. Strike called. One and one to Horace Clark. One out, the runner's edge away. McLaughlin deals. Clark hits a ground ball, and it, it's through. It is oh, no. Stottlemyre, he throws to McLaughlin in time. Fantastic play. Gibbs scores on the play, but Sandy Alomar has taken another base hit away from the Yankees. That range that Alomar has to his left is unbelievable. He threw Clark out to McLaughlin at first. Gibbs scored from third, and Stottlemyre goes to second. Now, Alomar, I don't know. He does that to everybody. He could have stood on that right field foul line for where he caught that ball. Ooh, boy. Brennan Clark with a run batted in. The Yankees lead one to nothing. 
Bottlemeyer at second, two down, and Jerry Kenny, the batter, had a base hit his first time up. The pitch to him, he chops it off the plate. It comes back foul. Hey, Kenny's got the right idea. Now, he's going to try to hit the ball to the left side. <laughs> they just don't go through the right side with Alomar out there. Jerry Kenny requests time, goes over toward the on-deck circle, grabs the tar rag, rubs the bat handle down, and talks to Bobby Mercer for a moment. Sandy Alomar certainly is making the fans just about forget Bobby Knopp, and Knopp was a great favorite here. They're going to have to hit it over his head to get by him. Mm. One strike pitch. Kenny steps away from low inside pitch. It gets away from the catcher, Joe Askew, but not far enough for Stottlemyre to try to move up. Askew blocked that and he kept the ball in front of him to the right. I think that uh, Askew might have been crossed up on that one. He has a couple of words with the pitcher, Jim McLaughlin. Askew looking at his right hand. I think he blocked that one with his bare hand. One ball, one strike to Kenny. Mel leads away at second. Here's the pitch. Chopped down the right side, and it is a foul ball if it gets the first baseman, Jim Spencer. One ball and two strikes. Another baseball is put in play by plate umpire Larry Barnett. Ed Rungi at first base, Jim Odom at second, and George Maloney umpiring at third. One-two pitch coming to Jerry Kenny. Here it is. Inside a fastball, and the count evens two and two. Those quick reflexes of Jerry's are working all the time, aren't they? They are. He has great reflexes. Perhaps the best on the Yankee club. Two-two pitch time. Line to left, but it is fading. Foul. Into the seat, foul. Jerry Kenny, as fast as he is, and being a left-hand hitter, batting from the first base side of the plate, certainly has a chance anytime he makes contact with the ball, unless he pops it up. Anything he hits on the ground, he has a chance to beat out. 2-2 pitch to him. High and away. Ball three and a full count. Jerry Kenny has really taken to third base. Done a fine job there. He looks slick over there. He's going to be great before he's through, I think. Playoff pitch coming to him. Here it is. He hits it up in the air to left center field, moving toward Reichardt. The left fielder is under it and makes the catch for the third out. The side is retired, but not before the Yankees take the lead with one run on two hits. There were no errors and a man is left. So at the end of two and a half, the score, the Yanks won and California, nothing. Dr. William M. Christofferson, University of Louisville, gave up smoking cigarettes. I'm the professor of pathology, and we have a large number of patients in our university hospitals. And I realized that we had gone a period of some 13 years without seeing a squamous carcinoma, which is the common type of lung cancer, in a person that was not a smoker. 
That convinced me that perhaps one would be well advised not to smoke cigarettes or, if you were smoking, to give them up. Which Dr. Christofferson did, but it wasn't easy. Maybe he's no different from you. I used to smoke quite heavily. I'd quit for, oh, as long as a year at a time, but it seemed like I always would pick it up again, and maybe I'd quit for two or three weeks, and then I'd start again. I finally quit permanently, and I haven't smoked a cigarette since. 100,000 doctors have quit smoking cigarettes. Your American Cancer Society says you can, too. Why not set a quitting date right now and then quit? Final score, we didn't give you. Houston defeated Philadelphia 4 to 2. Griffin got the win, Palmer the loser. And that is a final. Houston 4, Philadelphia 2. And speaking of finals, every time a club comes into Yankee Stadium from now until the end of the season, it will be the final appearance for that ball club. For example, the California Angels in on Tuesday, August 5th, a night game, the Yankees' next home game. And Wednesday afternoon, August 6th. Then the Oakland A's come in and followed uh, by the Minnesota Twins. And it will be the last time at Yankee Stadium this year for those ball clubs. You know, the Western teams make only two appearances in the East and vice versa. Joe Askew, the catcher, leads off the third for California. He looks at a slow curve that zips right across the plate and Askew can't believe it. Strike one. Askew hitting 223. This is his third ball club this year. Started with Cleveland, then Boston. And now the California Angels. One strike pitch to him from Sotomayor is laced foul down the right side into the seats and out of play. Talking to uh, George Maloney, the third base umpire tonight, Jerry, he said uh, he'll be umpiring the series when the Yankees return to the stadium. It'll be his first umpiring assignment in Yankee Stadium. He grew up almost within the shadow of Yankee Stadium. He said that uh, he expected he'd have a pretty good crowd there himself. As a ground ball hit the first, Joe Pepitone is up with it. Sotomayor races over, but Pepitone makes the play unassisted. And that's all for Joe Askew. One down. Frank, if I can make a comment about umpires, uh, just like ball players, they get teed up for big games and big situations. And also umpiring in front of their hometown crowd, as George Maloney will be doing. So uh, he'll be a little tense in that first go-round, just as a player would be. I'm sure he will. George said that, uh, well, he's uh, excited that tomorrow's game is going to be televised. He said his family be watching. Jim McLaughlin, the pitcher, steps in and takes Sotomayor's first pitch inside for ball one. George said he can just see the kids gathered around the television and say, ooh, there's Daddy. One old pitch. Fastball as well, and it's two balls and no strikes. George Maloney, in case you're wondering if he might be that uh, fellow who used to live next door down the block, is from Manhattan, just across the river from the stadium. He attended Powell Memorial High School. I believe that's the same high school that produced Lou Alcindor. 2 nothing pitch. Low ball three, and Sotomayor's behind now 3-0 to Jim McLaughlin. McLaughlin... Bats as he throws, right-handed, carries a 1-11 batting average. Scott delivers, and a strike is called. It is 3-1. 3-1 pitch to him. 
Way low and outside. It's ball four. So McLaughlin draws a walk and trots slowly down to first base. That's the first base on balls given up by Stottlemyre. Jerry, come to think of it, that's a heck of a thing to do to these guys. That's uh, advertising helicopter flying over saying, uh, plan now to visit Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii, of course, is a minor league farm club of the California Angels. One out, McLaughlin at first, and Sandy Alomar bunch foul to the left side. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there are a few players on that bench who got the impression. I wonder if that's for me. You know, they uh, actually, I think the front office out here got on Mr. Shea Tarrant uh, for playing a medley of Hawaiian songs one day when the newspapers were full of suggestions that the Angels make some changes. No balls and one strike to Sandy Alomar. McLaughlin at first base, Pepitone holds him. Alomar takes down low. Gibbs locks it in the dirt. One ball, one strike. Pitch. He hits it on the ground, slowly toward first, and now it's foul. Sotomayor, the fine athlete that he is, raced over to cover the bag or go for the ball, either one. You notice Mel when you see him at Yankee Stadium, watch him when he comes from the mound across the first baseline, either going to the mound after uh, to start an inning or coming off after an inning or going after a foul ball. If you ever see him step on the chalk line, you tell me. I have never seen him do it. He skips over it, steps over it, jumps over it. He just will not step on that first base chalk line. Maybe an unconscious superstition with Mel. One-two pitch to Sandy Alomar. Here it comes. He swings and misses strike three. So for Mel Stottlemyre, his second strikeout, he gets rid of the pesky Alomar. And now we'll work to Jade Johnstone. You know, talking about doing or not doing things, running out your position just thinking about Stottlemyre and walking over the line. I don't believe I ever ran to second base that I didn't touch first base on the way out there or touch it coming back into the dugout. Don't ask me why. I just did it. Superstitions are strange things. Just about everybody has them. Pepitone backs off now. He's playing Johnstone the hitter and not holding McLaughlin on. Swing and a miss on the sinker ball. Strike one. Yankees are leading one to nothing here in the bottom half of the third. Last couple of nights, run's been a little tough to come by. Stottlemyre trying to nurse that one until he gets some more. The set and the pitch. Check swing and a foul tip at the feet of Jake Gibbs, and it's strike two to Jay Johnstone. Oh, uh, in case you're superstitious. So if all, all the other American League finals are in, I believe, and all the Eastern clubs won today. Seattle-Boston game, not over, but the other three American League games won by the Eastern, the other four, rather. Pitch is low and inside to Johnstone, one ball and two strikes.
Two outs, a man at first. Saddlemeyer looks to Gibbs. Brings his hands together at the belt. Kicks and deals. And there's a bouncer right back over Saddlemeyer's head. Fielded by Michael at second. He steps on the bag to force McLaughlin, and the side is retired. G. Michael from short going behind the bag at second to take the high chopper. He just reached his foot out, tagged up at second base, and that's the end of the inning. For the California Angels, no runs, no hits. There were no Yankee errors, and one man is left. So at the end of three, the score, the Yankees won and the Angels nothing. We mentioned the Eastern Clubs winning. Washington beat Oakland 3-1. to Schellenbach got the win, Odom the loser. That win despite Reggie Jackson's 39th homer for the Oakland A's. Cleveland defeated Minnesota 6-3. Ellsworth the winner over Miller. Carter now homered for Cleveland. And Tovar for Minnesota. Something about the weather, I guess. That's uh, Cesar Tovar's got his fourth home run. Baltimore is Chicago 2-1 despite Buddy Bradford's seventh homer. Tom Phoebus got his tenth win. Joe Holland the loser. Detroit 12, Kansas City 2. Wilson all the way for the victory. Butler the loser. The Boston-Seattle game is now in the fourth. Boston leading 1-0. Siebert against Talbot. And Reggie Smith, evidently over that slight injury, has hit his 20th home run for Boston. In the National League, the Mets beat Cincinnati 3-2. Tommy Seaver won his 15th. Plottinger the loser. The Cubs over the Dodgers 3-2. Regan got the win over Brewer. San Francisco shaded St. Louis 7-6. And let's see, another close game. Pittsburgh 4, San Diego 3 and 10 innings. Montreal 7, Atlanta 4 finals. And Houston beat Philadelphia 4 to 2. So the only other game in progress in the major leagues is the Boston at Seattle night game where Boston leads 1 to nothing. So now Bobby Mercer is set to lead off as we go to the fourth inning. Mercer struck out into a double play in the first inning. Yankees leading one to nothing. Yanks have three hits. The Angels have one. First pitch to Mercer. He bluffs a bunt, takes the ball one outside and high. Next pitch coming. He takes it up high, and the count is two balls and no strikes. Again, Rodriguez extremely wide of the line at third. McLaughlin throws, and he's got a strike in there this time. It's two and one on Mercer. Joe Pepitone is on deck, and then Jimmy Hall. Jim McLaughlin to the windup, and here's the pitch. Mercer takes it high this time, ball three. McLaughlin has not walked anybody. He has struck out two. And as we told you, allowed one run on three base hits. His next pitch to Mercer. Swung on and fouled away off the left side. Racing forward, Rodriguez, the third baseman. He's got a play and foul ground. He makes the catch. Aurelio Rodriguez covered a lot of ground going deep down the left field line in foul territory to retire Bobby Mercer. Frank, I might mention, this is an infield, with the exception possibly of Jim Spencer at first base, 
but has a lot of legs. Rodriguez at third can move a long way. Fregosi has range, and Alomar, we've seen that tonight on two occasions. Joe Pepitone was robbed of a base hit by Alomar his first time up. Alomar plays him deep back in the grass in right field. The pitch to him, a ball is high and inside. Happy to have folks here tonight from the Point Mugu Naval Air Station. Pepitone lines want to center. Alomar can't get this one. It's a base hit. So Pepitone is on with a one-out single here in the fourth inning. The Yankees' fourth base hit. Familiar with Point Mugu, Jerry? That's a new one uh, on me, Frank. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. That might be a base where you'd like to change the name if you come up with a good one. Jimmy Hall, the batter. Pepitone, shortly to first base, Spencer holding, and the pitch is way up high, and ask you how to stretch for it. Gonna get a little Tar Heel plug in here now. Jimmy Hall, of course, from North Carolina, and the organist serenaded him with a few bars of Carolina Moon. Gene Michael on deck. Yankees leading one to nothing. We're in the top half of the fourth inning. The stretch by McLaughlin. And the pitch coming. Way outside, ball two. McLaughlin now showing a little streak of wildness. Pepitone standing on the bag at first. Now starts his move as McLaughlin stretches. Throw to first. Pepitone back standing. Rodriguez, the third baseman, again, extremely wide and shallow against Jimmy Hall. McLaughlin ready to work again. Here's the pitch to Hall, and he hits it on the ground sharply to Fregosi. He flips to Alomar for one back to first. Not in time. Jimmy Hall, moving quickly down the line, beats the relay to first base. And the Angels get just one on what appears when it left the bat to be a double play ball. It was one of those plays where Fergozzi got the ball a little off balance and had to shovel it a long way. It really should have been flipped because he was maybe 20, 25 feet from second. And that cost them just that split second, and they lost the double play. All right, now, Hall at first base, and Gene Michael steps in. He lines the pitch to center field, base hit. Hall will stop at second. As the center fielder, Jay Johnstone, got to it quickly. And the Yankees have runners at first and second with two outs. But Gene Michael gets his first base hit of the game, and the Yankees fifth off McLaughlin. And the California bullpen becomes active with the left-hander Clyde Wright beginning to warm up. Here's Tommy Chope. Chope opened the third inning with a single. He was forced at second base by Gibbs, but when Gibbs reached, he eventually scored. So Chope, indirectly responsible for the run, he bounces one down the first baseline foul. No balls and one strike to Chope. The more I think about it, 
Jerry, the more I have to think that uh, I guess the greatest honor that baseball could hand out today was given to the ex-Yankee Joe DiMaggio, named the greatest living all-time player. Well, the only other one that you could get would have been the one that Babe Ruth got, which was the greatest player, period. But um, the Yankees uh, putting two men in the top spot in baseball over the years. Next pitch to Chopin. He takes a strike, and it's 0-2. I'll tell you, we'll all have a chance to see the greatest living baseball player in action at Yankee Stadium on Old Timers Day, Saturday, August 9th. The ball's two strikes to Chopin. The runner's edge away. McLaughlin throws. Chopin with a chop swing fouls it into the third base. No, skips over the roof of the third base dugout back into the seat. No balls and two strikes. You know, Frank, when you think of that honor against those great stars like Stan Musial, Ted Williams, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, and so many more, Henry Aaron, and to think the Jolder came out on top, that's quite an honor. Chopin hits one right back off the glove of McLaughlin. They may lose the play. Alomar up with his throws. Not in time, and the bases are loaded. Oh, I can't believe I heard that. They, they are charging McLaughlin with an error. On a shot like that, back to the box off his glove, he is charged with an error. Ooh, they score tough out here. Frank, that's, um, well, in my opinion, rather a flagrant offense as far as Chopin is concerned and McLaughlin is concerned. Both men got cheated on that play. Hmm. The bases are loaded, and Jake gives the batter. you got to remember, McLaughlin's only, well, he's less than 60 feet away from that ball when it's hit back to him. Gibbs lines one to right center. It's going to be a base set. In to score comes Jimmy Hall. Around third, heading for the plate, Gene Michael. Chopin stops at third, and the Yankees lead three to nothing on a clutch single by Jake Gibbs. And that's going to bring Lefty Phillips, the Anaheim Angels, California Angels manager, out of the dugout. And as Lefty Phillips goes slowly to the mound... We're going to take a break. On New York Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. Hi, I'm Bill Edwardson. I'm the bird that wakes up the early birds. Join me weekday mornings from 6 to 10. It's a real eye-opener. On WGY Radio 81, Schenectady. Phillips is going to go with his young right-hander, Jim McLaughlin. To pitch to Mel Stottlemyre. Yankees with two runs in the bank here in the fourth inning, leading three to nothing. Chopin at third, and Gibbs at first. So Gibbs has had a hand on all three Yankee runs. He scored the first one, and now has batted in the last two. Stottlemyre had a base hit his first time up. The pitch to him. Kerr breaks over for a strike. Laughlin sets. Dixon deals. Another breaking ball and strike two is called. No balls, two strikes on Mel Settlemeyer. Yankees now three runs on six hits. Lead the Angels three to nothing. Runners edge away. And the pitch. 
Mel swings and misses strike three. Three breaking pitches, and he's out of there. The Yankees, though, scored two runs on three hits. There was one California error and two men are left on base. At the end of three and a half, the score, the Yankees three and the California Angels nothing. Chances are you... Good news, darling. I've just come from the doctor. It's definite. I'm flagrant. Great. But it's pregnant, honey. You're pregnant. Flagrant means scandalous. My doctor said it would be a scandal if I didn't practice prenatal care. It's prenatal care, not prenatal. The March of Dimes is always stressing how important it is for expectant mothers to practice good prenatal care. Medical care for you and your unborn child. Care which increases the chances of having a healthy baby. I called the March of Dimes chapter and got loads of prenatal information. Important facts like I shouldn't take any medications without my doctor's okay. It's medications, honey. And that includes all sorts of sprays, diet pills, and aspirins. No medications without a doctor's okay. Meditations, honey, means long thoughts. Well, I've been having long thoughts about the March of Dimes prenatal care massage. Not massage, message. The March of Dimes message is to be good to your baby before it's born. Massage means a rub down. Oh, good idea. Right between the shoulder blades. Please, dear. So we're all set to go here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Mel Stottlemyre slowly and methodically moving toward that 15th win of the year. He came into the ball game with a record of 14-7. and 1-0 this year against California. And a commanding 10-3 lifetime mark. Rick Reichardt will be the first man to face Mel in the bottom half of the fourth. Reichardt hits a ground ball. It's going to get through the left side for a base hit. The racket is on with a leadoff single, the Angels' second hit of the ball game. Now the shortstop, Jim Fregosi. Shortstop, Jim Fregosi. When McLaughlin struck out Stottlemyre, Clyde Wright, who had been warming up in the bullpen, put the jacket back on. Fregosi lined out to Chopin and left his first time up. Pepitone will hold Reichardt on at first base. Sotomayor looks into Gibbs. Ready to pitch, and here it is. Foul back, and this one is on the screen. No balls and one strike to Jim Fregosi. Infield, in a couple of steps at what we refer to as double play depth. Pepitone holding the runner at first record. Jerry Kenny fairly deep at third base against the right-hand hitting Fergusi. One strike pitch coming from Mel Sotomayor. Here it is. Fastball is low. One ball, one strike. Yankees leading three to nothing. Fregosi, a 267 hitter, trying to move Reichert around. Stottlemyer with a 1 1 pitch. It is low, ball two, and blocked by Gibbs. Oh, I saw a picture in the paper here today, Jerry. Arms around each other's shoulders, all smiles. Mickey Lolich and Denny McClain. They've kissed and made up. 
Well, they have to stay friendly. They've got 29 victories between them. A little past the halfway mark. Uh, one of the best left-handers and right-handers in the game. And I think they just had a big misunderstanding. There's a strike call to Fregosi. He doesn't believe it. Two balls, two strikes. I think part of the misunderstanding was the fact that Lolich had his wife with him. I'm certain he wouldn't have been as upset had he been there by himself and could have uh, moved along much easier. But he was counting on that ride because of his wife. You know. Well, we're glad the feud is over. They are, as Jerry said, two of the finest pitchers in baseball. Lolich and McLean, and everything's friendly again in Detroit. 2-2 pitch coming, and it's strike three call. Jim Fregosi is called out on a pitch that missed the inside corner just about the belt. Strikeout number three for Mel Stottlemyre. And now Bill Voss, the right fielder and the left-hand batter, steps in. Pepitone informs Stottlemyre he will play halfway and not hold Reichert on. In other words, Mel, don't throw over to first base because I won't be there. He's going to play the hitter instead, Voss. Stretched by Stottlemyre. And the pitch. Boss hits it on the ground to Clark at second. Hoff goes to second for one. No throw to first base. Gene Michael took the throw going to his left. Skipped across the bag. Dragged his toe long enough to get Reichert. And then was not in position to throw to first base. So Boss is on on the fourth out. That's the thing, Jerry, that's a fairly tough play for a second baseman to take a ball going to his left and then have to throw back to his right. You're throwing off balance, Frank, and it's all arm, and you've got to get rid of the ball quickly because if you wait to plant yourself, you lose that little extra. You've got to come up moving and quick. In other words, when you're in that close, getting rid of the ball is almost as important as putting stuff on it. Here is Jim Spencer, the first baseman. He struck out his first time up, and he follows the first pitch back. Strike one. Again, Pepitone is backed off, not holding the runner who is now Bill Voss on his first base. No balls and a strike to the left-hand hitting Jim Spencer. Aurelio Rodriguez is on deck. Yankees leading 3 to nothing. Sotomayor stares down to Gibbs, has the sign, brings his hands together now, and delivers. Bouncer right back to Mel. On one hop, he has, he throws over to Pepitone, and the side is retired. For the California Angels in the fourth inning, no runs, a base hit, there were no Yankee errors, and a man is left. So now at the end of four fourth innings, the score, the Yankees three and the Angels nothing. Atlantic is out to solve the China problem, your China problem. Now participating Atlantic dealers make it possible for everyone to be able to afford fine China. For a fantastically low, low price, you can get fine china, which compares favorably with much higher-priced china. With each purchase of eight gallons of gasoline, you can buy a four-piece plate setting of Royal Elegance China for only 99 cents. This offer may vary in some states. Each four-piece plate setting consists of a dinner plate, bread and butter plate, cup and saucer. Royal Elegance is fine, translucent china with silver-trimmed edge and clear bell tones. China that will do wonders for any table setting. Charge your Royal Elegance place settings and accessory pieces on your Atlantic Richfield credit card. See a participating Atlantic dealer today. He's out to solve your China problem.
Well, we're going into the fifth inning. Jim McLaughlin trailing in the ballgame, as are the California Angels, three to nothing. There's been a seesaw battle between these two ball clubs. The Yankees won the first one, lost last night, and they're leading in this one as the top of the batting order comes to the plate. Going up against McLaughlin in the fifth will be Clark, Kenny, and Mercer. And now moving in to continue with the play-by-play, let's go back to Frank Messer. Okay, Jerry. Horace Clark is 0 for 2. Twice he has grounded out to the second baseman, Sandy Alomar. One sort of a routine play, and the other one, Alomar, went into the right field grass to take a base hit from him, just as he did on Pepitone. The pitch to him, inside, just above the knees, ball one. Aurelio Rodriguez, again wide and shallow at third. There's a strike. And it's one and one. Nobody on, nobody out. The wind up the one-one pitch. Clark lines it out into center field base hit. Charging quickly, the center fielder Jay Johnstone holds Clark to a single. So Clark collects hit number seven for the Yankees. And that may get the bullpen up again. Third base. Yep, they're going to have some action again, and again it will be the left-hander, Clyde Wright. Right now, Jerry Kenny with Clark at first, nobody out. Will he bunt? Will he swing away? The pitch to him, he swings away and hits it on the ground, a short. Fregosi flips to Alomar for one, back to first, double play. Kenny, first ball hitting, grounds a perfect double play ball right at Fregosi. And the Angels come up with their second double play of the ball game. Two outs and nobody on, Bobby Mercer the batter. Mercer is over two, struck out, popped up to third. Takes the pitch inside at the knees, ball one. Yankees three runs, seven hits, the Angels no runs on two hits. Bobby Mercer was swinging the bat. He was just hitting like a house of fire up until, well, Memorial Day when he got hurt. And since then, it's sort of been a backslide for him. 1-0 pitch now. He tries to check his swing and does. A lot of motion, but he held the bat back. And it's one ball and one strike. I check that. It's two balls and no strikes. Pepitone on deck. McLaughlin winds and delivers. Foul coming back toward the upper deck just to our left. And the count is two and one. Two-one pitch coming. Line deep to right field. Racing for it is Voss, and he makes the catch to retire Bobby Mercer. Mercer hit that ball well. But Boss got to it and made the play. For the Yankees, no runs, the base hit, no errors, nobody left. And at the end of four and a half innings of play, the score, the Yankees three and the California Angels nothing. Well, in case you had not heard, Billy... Good news, darling. I just come from the doctor. It's definite. I'm flagrant. Great. 
But it's pregnant, honey. You're pregnant. Flagrant means scandalous. My doctor said it would be a scandal if I didn't practice prenatal care. It's prenatal care, not prenatal. The March of Dimes is always stressing how important it is for expectant mothers to practice good prenatal care. Medical care for you and your unborn child. Care which increases the chances of having a healthy baby. I called the March of Dimes chapter and got loads of prenatal information. Important facts like I shouldn't take any medications without my doctor's okay. It's medications, honey. And that includes all sorts of sprays, diet pills, and aspirins. No medications without a doctor's okay. Meditations, honey, means long thoughts. Well, I've been having long thoughts about the March of Dimes prenatal care massage. Not massage, message. The March of Dimes message is to be good to your baby before it's born. Massage means a rub down. Oh, good idea. Right between the shoulder blades, please, dear. Oh. We're ready to move now to the bottom half of the fifth inning. And ready to move in and tell you all about it for the rest of this ball game, ladies and gentlemen. Here is Jerry Collinger. All right, Frank, we've got Aurelio Rodriguez, Joe Askew, and Jim McLaughlin, or a possible pinch hitter for McLaughlin, as the Yankees are leading 3 to nothing, bottom of the fifth. Mel Salomire, moving right along, has given up only two base hits. The first pitch to Rodriguez hit on the ground, foul, outside of third base, a great play by Kenny. But, of course, it did not count. Had the ball been fair, Jerry would have had quite a job to throw out Rodriguez, who can run. The only two hits off Salomire, a single by Rick Reichert in the fourth inning, and an infield single by Bill Voss in the second. And that's been the totals. Last night, the Yankees got only two hits off the right-hander, Andy Messersmith. Rodriguez bounced to third in the second inning. Right-hand batter holds the bat right on the end, deep in the box in a closed stance. On the outside corner, and Sotomayor threads the needle for strike two. The Yankees play tomorrow afternoon. It'll be 1 o'clock out here, but 4 o'clock New York time. The two-strike pitch just misses inside a curveball. One and two. Defense about straight away for Rodriguez. Infield in a little. Stottlemyre once again lets it go, and this one is high for two and two. Mike Rourke coaching at third base. Rocky Bridges at first for California. Now the 2-2 delivery by Mel, a curveball on the ground. Two hopper to Jerry Kenny at third. He's up with it over to Pepitone, one out. Kenny takes four or five quick steps after he catches the ball and then lets that ball go, and he really fires it. It's a good habit to get into because he's always set and moving toward the bag when he throws the ball. Seems Jerry that he's shortened up on those steps. We used to call it a hop, skip, and a jump. He sort of leaped toward first base. Now he takes uh, smaller steps, as I guess maybe getting more accustomed to the position there at third. It's quite an adjustment. Uh, if you recall, he opened up in center field and then moved into third. And all the Yankees' last western swing. Here's Joe Askew up there who swings and misses for strike one. That was when Mercer went from third to right and Kenny went from center to third base. And Bill Kane tells me that Kenny has made only six errors in that period. That's really tremendous. Good pair of hands. The one-strike pitch to Askew is a little high, one and one. 
might also say, Jerry, he's made only six errors, and he goes for balls. He doesn't just freeze there and let them go by. I think he stops uh, anything that just about any third baseman, with perhaps the exception of the real great ones, of Brooks Robinson, for example, would stop. He's got great lateral movement. No question about that. The 1-1 one -one pitch to Askew is swung on a miss for strike two. The one play that Jerry has some trouble with, and this is trouble for every third baseman, that's the backhand play moving toward the line. It requires a long throw and a lot of uh, extra skill and a lot of extra work. But instinctively, he moves to his left. That's toward the shortstop. And picks off a lot of tough chances that Michael might not be able to make. There's a ground ball to Kenny. He's got this one on two hops. The long throw is in time, and it's two up and two down as Askew is out of there. So now we're going to have a pinch hitter for the pitcher, Jim McLaughlin. The number five, that looks like Jim Hicks. Big right-hand hitter. Hicks coming on for McLaughlin. Now the announcement is being made. Hicks is batting at 114. He's got four hits and 35 at-bats. Required from the Cardinals for a big Dabalio on June the 1st. Curveball is right on the corner, strike one. Hicks is very tall, goes in about 6'4", over 200 pounds, chokes up a little. Stottlemyre ready again, the one-strike pitch is another curveball dropping in there for strike two. Rodriguez bounced to Kenny, as did Askew, and now Jim Hicks batting for the pitcher McLaughlin. Left-hander Clyde Wright continues to throw in the bullpen. Stottlemyre once again fires. There's a ground ball in the hole. Michael backhands it. The long throw is in time on a great play by Gene Michael. Oh, boy, you won't see any better than that. A sparkling play by Michael. The retired Jim Hicks is three up and three down. And the score after five, Yankees three, Angels nothing. are careful about risks. It's their job to take every possible precaution. Why take chances you don't have to? Yet that's what you're doing every day you don't know cancer's warning signals. Like hoarseness or cough. Like a lump or a thickening in the body. Or a change in a wart or mole or indigestion, or difficulty in swallowing. It makes sense to know cancer's seven warning signals. For a free list of the warning signals, contact your American Cancer Society. The new pitcher for the California Angels will be Clyde Skeeter-Wright. Young man's a native of Jefferson City, Tennessee, 6'1", 190 pounds, and he is 26 years old. Left-hander, holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in physical education from Carson Newman College in Jefferson City, Tennessee. First came up to the California Angels in his second year of pro ball, 1966, 1-4 and lost 7. Then in 1967, he divided the year between Seattle and California. Won five and lost five for the Angels. Last year sort of, uh, well, appeared to come into his own with ten wins and six losses. 
Well, this year it's uh, been a matter of uh, a bit of a backslide for Clyde Wright as he has a record, I believe, Jerry, of 0-5 and five and an earned run average up around uh, 5 for a 9-innings pitch. So Clyde Wright coming on now to make his third appearance this year against the Yankees. He has pitched a total of two innings in two appearances, allowed no runs, no hits. Walked none and struck out two, but he has not figured in any decisions. In fact, uh, he pitched an inning uh, in the ball game night before last. Game the Yankees won three to one over Tom Murphy. Right pitched one inning and retired the three men that he faced. So he's ready to come on now and pitch to the Yankees as we go to the top half of the sixth inning with Jerry Coleman. All right, Frank, this ball game is moving right along. Yankees out in front by three. It'll be Pepitone, Hall, and Michael going up against the left-handed Clyde Wright. Wright is one of those uh, rather trim left-handers. About six feet, 175 pounds. Joe Pepitone is one for two. He singled in his last at-bat, a solid shot in the center field. And his first time up, he bounced to second. Here's the first pitch way outside to Pepitone. Ball one. Clyde Wright, the left-hander in relief of Jim McLaughlin, who went five, gave up seven hits, struck out three, allowed three runs, and did not walk a man. Clyde Wright getting the sign now from Askew. Starts his wind-up. Pepitone waiting, and he takes a strike. Good pitch. Just nips the corner. Clyde Wright, Jerry, first came uh, signed as a pitcher. Then they tried to make an outfielder out of him. He had 255 for about half a season, but then they decided that pitching was his forte, and he returned to pitching. All right, the 1-1 pitch, and Pepitone pops it up on the left side. Going back, Rodriguez. Now Fregosi calling for it on the edge of the grass, and he's got it. Jim Fregosi, the all-star shortstop, moving in behind Rodriguez, makes the play for the first out. Jimmy Hall steps in. He bounced the second in the short. Fergozzi, an all-star shortstop. Five times. 64, 66, 67, 68, and again this year in 69. Jimmy Hall stepping in. Right, the left-hand pitcher against the left-hand hitting Hall. He hits one slowly towards first, and the ball kicks foul at the last minute. Hall came into the ballgame batting only 216. Five doubles, four triples, two home runs, and 18 RBIs. Jimmy plays primarily against right-hand pitching. But in a case like this with the Yankees leading 3 to nothing in the sixth inning, manager Ralph House will leave him in there until uh, maybe a key spot where he might be able to get someone to drive in a run with a fly ball, like a runner at third and no one out or one out. But as long as the Yankees remain ahead, Jimmy Hall undoubtedly will stay in center field unless, as I mentioned, a key scoring chance appears in the ballgame. The Yanks have seven hits. California has two. Here's the one-strike pitch, and Hall takes it inside, says the plate umpire, Larry Barnett. Ellie Howard coaching at first for the Yanks, and Dick Hauser at third. Defensively, the third baseman, Rodriguez, has moved well into the gap once again toward the shortstop side. He's given up about 35 feet of that line to Hall. Ground ball, hard hit this time to Spencer, moving to his right. He's up with it, flips in time to right, covering at first, two down. Last night, Jim Spencer made two plays, one on Bobby Mercer that he turned into a double play, and in a key part of the ball game, a play 
on Roy White that at the time where the Angels leading one to nothing could have turned the ball game around. And he made another fine play, so Jim Spencer is paying his way handsomely with that glove of his. With two down, Gene Michael steps in. Gene struck out, single to center, and scored a run. Yankees got a run in the third and two in the fourth. As Michael, batting right-handed for the first time, swings and fouls it back, strike one. Michael with a great gift. He's a switch hitter. Gene is batting 250 left-handed and 299 right-handed. But he has been a more potent batter from the right side by far. 50 points to be exact. The one-strike pitch. Gene hits a hopper, going right back to the pitcher right, who's up with it. Flips the fence of the side is retired. Three up and three down for the Yankees in the sixth inning. And after five and a half, the Yankees lead three to nothing over the California Angels. If you enjoy the regal beauty of fine china, you'll certainly enjoy the beauty of royal elegance. Royal elegance is fine china that captures the subtle charm of china that sells for many times the price. And Atlantic brings it to your table at a fantastically low price. You can purchase a four-piece place setting of Royal Elegance for only 99 cents with each eight gallons of gasoline at participating Atlantic stations. This offer may vary in some states, but this beautiful fine china imported from across the sea will never vary in its translucent, delicate beauty. Each four-piece place setting consists of a cup and saucer, dinner plate, and bread and butter plate, and it's yours for a low, low price. Charge your Royal Elegance Fine China on your Atlantic Richfield credit card. Then take it home and start setting a table fit for a king. Looking ahead to tomorrow afternoon, as we told you, we'll be on the air at 355 for the ball game, and Bill Burback will be on the hill for the Yankees. Going against George Brunette of the California Angels. So as you're driving back from the beach or wherever you spend your Sunday, hope you'll tune us in on the car radio if you're out motoring around. Remember, 3.55 tomorrow afternoon. Well, we've got Sandy Alomar facing Mel Sadelbein on the first pitch to open up the sixth inning is low for ball one. Alomar, if you recall, was in that trade with the White Sox that sent Bobby Knopp to the Sox for Alomar and Bob Pretty, a right-hand pitcher. The 1-0 pitch to Alomar is a little low again. It's two balls and no strikes. In very tight at third base, Jerry Kenny looking for the possible button that Alomar can go. Next one is on the corner for a strike. Two and one. Tom Chopin in left field shading well toward the line and shallow. Roy White, if you're just tuning in, is doing service duty tonight and tomorrow. Alomar, a switch hitter, of course, batting left-handed against the right-handed Salomires. Tries to bunt, it's just foul as Gibbs goes out after it. Two and two. There's a bunt that had it been fair, I doubt seriously if anyone could have thrown out Alomar. Was bunted beautifully, a little foul on the left side. He tried to dump it down the third base area. Kenny could not have gotten in in time, and I doubt seriously if Salomire could have made the play. There's one about Alomar, Jerry. I bet he has a hobby that very, very few people have. His hobby is playing dominoes. Did you ever play dominoes? Yeah, I did. It's been about 40 years, though. It's been a while. See, that's, that's a game we used to play as kids all the time. That's right. 
Here's the 2-2 pitch to Alamari. Hits it foul on the left side. You know what I used to use my domino set for, Frank, more than playing the game. I used to stack them all up, you know, and make a zigzag line with it and then push the first one over and down they go. Then put them up again and try it again. That's right. One thing about them, they make good building blocks, too. I believe Domino is very popular in uh, among the Puerto Rican residents, and that's uh, Sandy, of course, is from Puerto Rico. Well, just then, he was dominoed out as he took strike three right down the pipe. That's the fourth strikeout for Stottlemyre in the ballgame. Mel has given up only two base hits, and he has been close to perfect. We're in the bottom of the sixth. I think the Yanks lead three to nothing. One down as Jay Johnstone steps in. The second time that Alomar has struck out, he also bounced the second, so he's 0 for 3. And now Jay Johnstone, who bounced the second, and a short steps in. Left-hand hitter, holds the bat on the end, a center fielder waiting, pitches on the corner for strike one. The only two hits, a single by Reichert in the fourth, and an infield single by Bill Voss in the second. That's it. Stottlemyre again, the one-strike delivery. Misses outside. That ball with a good tail on it. Moving away. One and one. Boston leads Seattle five to nothing. Playing in the seventh inning. Two balls and a strike. Frank Messer will be along right after this half inning. Bring up to date on all the action. Make that in the sixth inning, that Boston-Seattle score. That's the only game still being played in the major leagues besides this one. Johnson, a high chopper to second base. Clark has to wait for it. The throw is in time with a long stretch by Pepitone. Two out. And now Rick Reichert, who has one of the two base hits for the Angels, steps in there. But we pause right now for station identification. Hi, Harry Downey speaking. Every day it's music and mystery. Stay close weekdays, 10 to 11.30 a.m. and 1 to 3 p.m. here on WGY Schenectady. From the Big A in Anaheim, California, Rick Reichert moving in with two out of nobody on as Mel Stottlemyre winds and deals on the ground foul on the third base side. The ball boy sitting down by the tarpaulin recovers that one. I would have to bet that this tarpaulin is used less than any tarpaulin in the American League. I got one on the left field side, one on the right field side. It doesn't rain much in the summer out here. Swing and a miss on a good sinker by Reichert. Strike two. Stottlemyre with that ball dipping. Very good. Reichert going after it, and he was over the top. Three, three nothing, Yankees lead. No balls and two strikes to Rick Reichert. Stottlemyre is ready again. The ace right-hander of the Yankees delivers, and Reichert swings and misses at strikeout number five for Mel. Three up and three down, and the score after six full innings of play. Yankees three, Angels nothing. Jerry, talking about uh, the lack of rain out here in the summertime, the Angels have been rained out here in Anaheim only once prior to this year. I don't uh, know of a rain out this year, so I'm going to say just once. They did have five rain outs when they were playing uh, in uh, Los Angeles at Chavez. On the scoreboard, Washington beat Oakland three to one. And uh, Minnesota was defeated by Cleveland 6-3. Dick Ellsworth got the win in that one. Baltimore shaded Chicago 2-1. Win number 10 for Tom Phoebus. Joe Holland, the loser. 
Detroit 12 to 2 over Kansas City. Earl Wilson went all the way for the victory, and uh, Butler the loser. As Jerry told you, Boston leads Seattle 5 to nothing in the sixth inning. Talbot is out. Bouton is in for Seattle. Siebert all the way for Boston. Reggie Smith is homered in that one. In the National League, the Mets won, and so did the Cubs. Both scores 3-2. to two. The Mets over Cincinnati. Seaver is 15th. Moninger the loser. And the Cubs beat the Dodgers 3-2, to two, with uh, Riggin getting the win, and Brewer was the loser. San Francisco shaded the Cardinals 7-6. to six. Winning pitcher Frank Lindsay, the loser was corner. Pittsburgh over San Diego by a run in 10 innings, 4-3. to three. The winning pitcher Bob Moose and Billy McCool, the loser. Montreal beat Atlanta 7-4. to four. The win went to McGinn and the loss to Stone. And it was Houston 4 and Philadelphia 2. Griffin got the win there and Palmer was the loser. Home runs hit today in the American League. Reggie Jackson, number 39 for Oakland. Jose Cardinal, number 7 for Cleveland. Cesar Tovar, number 4 for Minnesota. Buddy Bradford, number 7 for Chicago. Kansas City and Detroit did not have a home run, according to our record. Reggie Smith homered for Boston. And the National League homers uh, will give to you in just a moment. Right now, we're ready to get back to the action here, Jerry. Clyde Wright going up against Tom Chope as we go into the seventh inning. Tom is one for two. He's been on twice, once by the base hit in the third inning to left field, and then he was safe on an error in what really should have been a base hit. But Tommy right now is one for two on the night as he takes strike one right in there. Tommy Chope... Five feet nine, 165 pounds, well-conditioned athlete. Hits one high in the air in the left field, not too deep. Moving for it, Rick Reichert. He's under it. He's got it. Well, one away. Chopay came into the ball game with one hit in 12 at bats. Jerry, quick rundown now. National League homers for those that missed them. Uh, for San Francisco, Deason Hart homered. Ferrara of San Diego and Taylor of Pittsburgh. And uh, Jones, a grand slammer for Montreal. Mac Jones, number 19. Herrera, number 2 for Montreal. Milan, number 6 for Atlanta. And uh, let's see, for uh, Philadelphia, Johnson, number 8. Okay, Frank, we've got Jake Gibbs now, who just took a ball a little bit low. And Gibbs has figured in all Yankee runs. He scored the first one in the third and drove in the other two in the fourth. The 1-0 pitch now to Jake is a curve that backs him off for ball 2. 2-0 two the count. Jake having a big yank, a big night for the Yankees, I should say. Scored a run in the third and drove in the other two in the fourth. Clyde right the left-hander. Into that wind-up again. Flips the curve that gets the corner this time for two and one. Manager Ralph Houck in his usual position up on the edge of the dugout steps. Trying to get the Yankees moving. They're six under 500 with a record of 47 and 53. The two-on pitch, and Gibbs takes it for strike two. California is having a real rugged year. Their record, 37 and 59. So they're 22 under 500. And exactly 22 games behind the Minnesota Twins, who lead the American League West. The 2-2 pitch to Jake. Strike three, he's caught looking, and it looked as though Gibbs must have been looking for a breaking pitch. That was a fastball right down the middle. Two up and two down. It's the first strikeout for Wright. And the fifth man that he's retired in order since coming on on the sixth. Mel Stottlemyre, fine athlete that he is, singled to help get that first run in the third inning. And then struck out on the fourth. 
Two out and nobody on. Stottlemyre the batter. Clyde Wright, wasting no time, gets the corner for strike one. Mel has 13 hits in 69 at-bats. This is his 70th appearance to the plate. May not be an appearance if he gets a walk, of course. Curve ball is low now. One and one to Stottlemyre. Yankees, three runs, seven hits. The Angels, no runs, and two. Right, ready once again. Stottlemyre waits, swings, and misses. Strike two. A ball and two strikes to Mel. Beautiful night here at the Big A in Anaheim, California, in the heart of Orange County, the fastest-growing county in the country. Now the one-two pitch, strike three called, and Wright has retired the six men that he's faced. It's nothing across for the Yankees in the seventh, and the score after six and a half, it remains the Yankees three, the Angels nothing. Variety is the spice of life, so why not spice up your everyday meals with a change? Start with your dishes. Almost everyone can use a new set of fine china. And now your participating Atlantic Theater makes it easy for you and for a price you wouldn't believe possible. Right now, at all participating Atlantic stations, you can purchase a four-piece place setting of Royal Elegance Fine China for only 99 cents with each eight gallons of gasoline. This offer may vary in some states, but this beautiful fine china, imported from across the sea, will never vary in its translucent, delicate beauty. It'll perk up everyday meals and make special meals a little extra special. Each four-piece plate setting consists of a dinner plate, bread and butter plate, and cup and saucer. Stop in today and take a good look at Royal Elegance. Then charge it on your Atlantic Richfield credit card and take it home. We talk about birthdays, uh, mentioning Jim Ogle having a birthday today, and Hoyt Wilhelm celebrating his 46th. I guess Wilhelm could be the only player in the history of Major League Baseball who could be drawing his pension while drawing a regular active paycheck, isn't he? Very possible if he wanted to collect it. They cut that um, minimum age from 50 to 45, and he's been eligible for some time now, so all he has to do is write that letter and say, I want it. I don't think he will, though. Here's Jim Fregosi, who is 0 for 2, facing Stottlemyre as we go into the bottom of the seventh, and the Yankees lead 3-0. Mel in search of his 15th win of the year, and if he gets it, he'll tie guys like Phil Necro of the Braves, Tommy Seaver of the Mets, Dennis McLean of the Tigers, anybody else? I think that's about it. The 1-0 pitch on the way to Fregosi is a little low, two balls and no strikes. Stottlemyre has had a phenomenal record against the California Angels lifetime. He's 10 and 3. Stottlemyre has the sign from Gibbs. Here's the 2-0 pitch. Fergozzi takes it for a strike at the knees. Jim Fergozzi, one of those ball players, batting fourth and hitting a 267, and people say he ought to do better. Been a solid ball player, a five-time All-Star. Mel Stottlemyre has struck out five men thus far. 
Most strikeouts for Mel this year in a single game, six. So he has a chance to tie that and go ahead as we're moving into the bottom of the seventh with Fergosi leading off. Here's the pitch to Jim. Hit hard to left field. After it is Chopin. He has it on a tough hop. And holds for no. Fergosi's going to go for two, and he's in there for a double. Jim Fergosi really poured it on. It looked as though he was going to stop when Tommy Chopin made a great stop on a tough hop. But then Fregosi, sensing that he could get there, poured it on and moves into second base with an opening double in the bottom of the seventh. Bill Voss, who has one of the three base hits off Stolemeyer, steps in. He's one for two. Left-hand batter. Stolemeyer with 78 strikeouts, the five that he's got tonight, going with a 73 before the ball game, moves him to 78. But right now, more important, he's got Fergosi at second, nobody out. Boss the hitter, and the Yankees leading 3-0, last of the seventh, and time is called. Oh, Jerry, that was the first uh, real solidly hit ball off uh, Stottlemyre. That uh, two-base hit by Fergosi, and there's not been a put-out in the Yankee in, uh, outfield. All the put-outs have been on the infield, all ground balls. Here's the pitch to Boss. It's right in there for strike one. Rudy May, a left-hander, is throwing in the bullpen for the California Angels. So looking ahead, the pitcher Clyde Wright. He'll be up after five more men hit. But the manager has to always figure that maybe something might happen. Stottlemyre to Boss, he swings and misses. Strike two, a good fastball at the belt, moving away. Stottlemyre's fastball will sink and sail, dip, go away from a left-hander sometimes, move into him and that is the great talent of this outstanding right-hander for the Yankees they call him the all-american boy and he's just that Donovan now ready he sets up the belt and checks for Gozi boss waits here's the pitch at the curve that misses the corner for ball one Legendary, all the putouts on the Yankee infield, uh, all but one. Uh, Chope did catch the line drive hit by Fregosi coming in toward the infield back in the second inning. But everything else has been either at uh, first or by the shortstop or second baseman. Here's the one-two pitch to Voss, and it's high for two and two. Well, as anybody who has followed Yankee pitching, or this Yankee ball club, and Mel Solomire in particular knows, when Mel has that good night, Frank, you get a lot of ground balls, and when he doesn't have it, you see the fly balls flying around. As Frank told you, only one fly ball. That was Fergosi in the second inning, lining out to show pay and left. Salomire ready once again. The 2-2 pitch to Voss is in there. Strike three called, and Voss walks away. So Salomire has now tied his top strikeout mark in a single game for the year. It's number six. Jim Spencer. Jim Spencer, the first baseman, struck out and bounced back to Stottlemyre in the fourth. He's 0 for 2. Spencer, a powerful left-hand hitter, backed Mercer against the wall last night and almost knocked him out as he went after it. Spencer came into the game batting at 252. He's got six doubles, two triples, two home runs. He's a big guy with power every now and then. He'll pop one. Fergosi remaining at second as Stottlemyre throws a curve that's high to Spencer for ball one. You mentioned Jerry Mel not noted as a strikeout pitcher. Six, the most he's struck out in the game uh, this year. But uh, 
When he pitched his one-hitter against Detroit, his second start of the season, which I think is his best game of the year and his best game of his career, he struck out only three men. He didn't walk anybody. allowed one hit. It was his low-hit game of his career, as I recall. It's quite an accomplishment against that club. Spencer fouls this one into the Yankee dugout. One and one the count. Yankees leading 3-0. Angels putting on a mild threat here. Bottom of the seventh. Fregosi at second with one down. Jim Fregosi, far and away, the best ball player on this California ball club. He can run, he's got a fine arm, good pair of hands, and tough with that bat. The 1-1 pitch coming up. Right two. One and two. Fregosi was talking about the expansion, you know, when California came into the American League in 1961. And he asked me the question that I'd forgotten long since. He said, you know who the Boston Red Sox protected instead of me? Billy Muffet. And who ever heard of Billy Muffet? He was a left-hand pitcher for the Red Sox many years ago, but they had to make a decision, and they protected Muffet. And Fregosi got away, and he's been an all-star performer ever since. There's a change-up now to Jim Spencer outside, two and two. Billy Muffet, the now pitching coach for the Cardinals. That's right, he sure is. But those things, people say, how could you do that? But you go back ten years, and things look differently to you at the time, and maybe the Red Sox needed a left-hand pitcher very badly then, and maybe Fergozzi didn't have a real good year his first year out. A lot of things can change. Two balls and two strikes now. The pitch to Spencer, line to center field, coming in and then holding his ground is Jimmy Hall. He's got it, and Fergozzi holds a second. That ball was tagged. It was a screecher. And Hall got it as he waited. Two down for the Aurelio Rodriguez. Well, I had Muffet a left-hander. He's a right-hander, so we got to correct that right away. Aurelio Rodriguez, the third baseman, steps in, and he's got an affinity at third base tonight. He not only plays there, but he's given Kenny a workout twice in the second inning and again in the fifth. He's bounced out twice to third. Jerry, this is surprising, uh, talking about Billy Muffet, and to come to realize that he only won 16 games in the Major League. He won nine and lost 15 in the American League. He was seven and eight in the National League, a total of 16 and 23 for his Major League career. Well, you can hear the chant coming from the Angel fans here. Go, go, go. And it's flashing on the instant scoreboard out there. They're trying to get something started here. Rodriguez standing in there. Stottlemyre sets and delivers. Rodriguez swings and misses strike one. He went after a curveball, missed it big. Swung all the way around, almost fell down. Kenny at third, who's had two chances off the bat from Aurelio Rodriguez, has moved back a little bit. Stottlemyre getting the sign from Gibbs as Fregosi, still at second base, moves off, and there's a sinker that tails into Rodriguez, one and one. Rudy May continues to warm up in the Angel bullpen. Fregosi started this inning with a solid double to left. Bill Voss then struck out, and Spencer lined to center. 
Salomeyer and the Yankees leading three to nothing. Rodriguez waits. The pitch by Mel. Back to the pitcher, Salomeyer, on two easy hops over to Pepitone, and Salomeyer gets out of it. Another clutch performance by the great Yankee right-hander. No runs, one hit, and one left, and the score after seven. It's the Yankees three, California nothing. As the nationally recognized leader in conservation education, the National Wildlife Federation needs your help. Yes, your help is needed now in telling local governing bodies the importance of establishing and maintaining natural wildlife and wildfowl refuge areas. I'll be more than happy to send you information on how you can help. Write to me, Deborah Carr, at the National Wildlife Federation, Department 200L, Washington, D.C., 20036. National Wildlife Federation, Department 200L, Washington, D.C. Jerry Coleman along with Frank Messer from the Big A in Anaheim, California. Right now out here it's 10 minutes to 10 and of course in New York it's 10 minutes to 1. But moving into the 8th inning, the Yankees are out in front 3 to nothing. It'll be the top of their batting order. Horace Clark, Jerry Kenny, Bobby Mercer against Clyde Wright in relief of Jim McLaughlin. McLaughlin gave up all the hits and all the runs through the first 5 innings. He gave up 7 hits struck out three and allowed three runs. Wright came on in the sixth and has retired the side in order in the sixth and seventh innings. Now Horace Clark, who is one for three, steps in from the right side and waits. The first pitch swung on a miss, strike one. No balls and a strike. Clark leading off. Horace entered the game, hitting at 281. It's one high in the air to center field. Moving forward into the gap a little in right center is Jay Johnstone. Pounds the glove. He's got it. At seven in a row for Clyde Wright. Jerry Kenny, the batter. Jerry single to left, fly to left, and bounced into a double play. When Kenny bounces into a double play, it has to be a tailor-made type because he goes down that line pretty good. Jerry one for three on the night. Yankees ahead, 3-0. Clyde Wright, the left-hander, curves Kenny, and it's in there for a strike. That's a great pitch to any batter. Open him up with a curveball, and nine times out of ten, he'll look at it. He has to be guessing to swing. Most batters go up looking for that fastball. There's another curve. Kenny hits it on the end of the bat into short center. Jay Johnstone, under it, he's got it. Two down. I think if you sat behind home plate, Frank, and watched every batter come up to the plate, if the pitcher curved him on the first pitch for a strike, I think 99 out of 100 would take it. Unless they throw it in his eyes, he just can't stand not to take it. Well, I've talked to uh, hitters, Jerry, and they all say they have to go up and look for the fastball, as you said, and uh, it's very true. And you wonder why a pitcher doesn't throw the curve on the first pitch every time. All right, here's Mercer. There's a curve that bounced in the dirt. 
Clyde Wright had the right idea, but just missed with it. Ball one. Ted Williams maintains that ball players today don't hit enough because they're afraid to take a pitch. And he said that if you watch a pitcher's pattern, you can go up to home plate, and somewhere in that pitching, you will get the pitch you're looking for. If he's a curveball pitcher or a fastball pitcher, you're going to get that pitcher, a slider or whatever. Somewhere in each at-bat, you'll get that pitch once. And that's where Williams not guesses, but he figures and looks for pitches. Fastball high over the head of Mercer, 2-0. and It's a good thing he wasn't looking for a curveball that time. Zowie, that's how you lose your head. Two out, nobody on. Yanks leading 3-0, eighth inning. Clyde right again into the windup. Fastball fouled back on the screen, 2-1. and one. That's something you don't see much of anymore, a 2-0 fastball. Pitchers are getting too tricky. I'd like to have played in the old days when you could tell a pitcher what you wanted and where you wanted it. That's before the turn of the century. Mercer pops this one back just to the right of us here. Kicks in and out of the broadcast booth for the California Angels. Dick Enberg and Don Wells had a shot at it. Good hang on. So it's two and two now. Mercer waiting. Two balls, two strikes, two outs. Clyde Wright with a new baseball into the windup. Curve hit one hop right back to the pitcher. Over to first, and Clyde Wright has retired nine in a row since coming on in the sixth inning. Nothing across again for the Yankees in the eighth, and the score after seven and a half. Yankees lead the California Angels three to nothing. Say, here's a question. Did you know that you can now order the official 1969 Yankee yearbook? That's right, you can. And you'll receive the colorful and interesting book highlighting the Yankee players, their careers, their families, and just about anything you want to know about your favorite Yankees. It's a souvenir that lasts throughout the season and for many years to come. So send $1 to Yankee Yearbook, Post Office Box 1969, Bronx Central Post Office, the Bronx, zip code number 10451, New York. Now, I know I've been getting a lot of letters from fans who tell me they have sent their dollars in for the Yankee Yearbook and have not received them, but just be patient. And please don't write to me. Write to the Yankees, because there is such a backlog of orders they're trying to catch up on them. So if you'll be patient, you will get your copy of the Yankee yearbook. Frank, there's a sign on the board that says, An Angel Halo to the Palmdale Little League Angels. That's an area close by here in the Southern California area. I was listening to a news report today. They've got 23,000 people there. And they feel that by 1980, they're going to put a new airport in there. They'll have 2,500,000 there. Can you imagine that from 20, 25,000 to 2,500,000? Jerry, in this, in this country, I'll believe most anything. All right, Stottlemyre is facing Joe Askew right now. It's a one-ball count. The Yankees are leading 3 nothing, and Askew takes strike one. It's one and one. Askew right now batting at 223. Right hand hitter against the right handed Stottlemyre. Mel shooting for a shutout. 
Base hit past G. Michael, a shortstop, racing to his left. And Askew opens up the eighth inning with a shot into center field. Fourth hit off Salomar. Now Roger Repose moving in to bat for the pitcher Clyde Wright. Ex-Yankee moving in. Left-hand hitter with great power, but has not been able to make contact often enough. Repose batting only 156. 24 hits and 154 at-bats. He waits. Here's the pitch, and it's called strike one. Roger Repose and Stottlemyre were signed by the same scout in the state of Washington, Eddie Taylor. Steve Whitaker also signed by Eddie Taylor. Taylor's got a lot of fine ball players in the big leagues. And, of course, star, uh, Mel Stottlemyre, the gem and the star of the group. There's a high chopper to Clark. No, Pepitone cutting in front of Clark. Has to go to Stottlemyre at first. He's safe. Pepitone was undecided whether to go to second base, and Stottlemyre led up a minute, thinking that Pepe would throw to second. By the time Stottlemyre shifted gears and got over to cover, and Pepitone made the throw, Repose beat it out. That'll go as a base hit. Down to second base, Joe Askew. Now Sandy Alomar moving in. Yankees are leading 3-0, no one out. Runners at first and second. Alomar struck out twice and bounced to second. He's hitting from the left side, a switch hitter. Stottlemyre to Alomar. It's inside. Ball one. They're giving a fielder's choice to repose and not a base hit. I think the official score is mad at everybody around here tonight. No base hit. It's a fielder's choice. Runners at first and second. Stottlemyre, the 1-0 pitch to Alomar. It's in there for strike one, and Alomar protests. He took one look at Larry Barnett, and Barnett had the right arm up, and the next thing that Alomar knew, he pointed the finger at him like that as if to say it was a strike. Jack Aker and Mike Kekich throwing in the Yankee bullpen. Sandy Alomar waiting as Stottlemyre running into some trouble here in the eighth inning. Fires outside, two balls and a strike. White Wilhelm warming up in the bullpen for the California Angels. Both managers ready in case their pitcher falters. And, of course, Repose went into bat for Clyde Wright, so they'll have to bring somebody in to pitch the ninth against the Yankees. Alomar chops one to third. Kenny has it. He'll go to first base. It's just in time on a hairline decision. Very close play, but the runners move up. Askew to third, repose to second, as Alomar bounces out to Jerry Kenny. Now Jay Johnstone will have a chance to see if he can put the Angels on the scoreboard. 
four ball games and he's completed 16. He's got three shutouts. Donovan leads the major leagues with 16 complete games and of course he'd like to make it 17. One down now. Runners at second at third. The pitch is hit high in the air to right field. Both runners tagging up as Mercer gets under it. Coming in to score. Joe Askew moving to third is repose. It's a three-to-one ball game. There's a sacrifice fly by Jay Johnstone. Scores the first angel run here in the eighth inning. For Johnstone, that's RBI number 42, and he leads the Angels in that department. At third base, repose. And here's Rick Reichardt, but right now let's pause for station identification. Terry Lester here. Kick those late afternoon blues. Keep happy from 3 to 7 p.m. weekdays on WGY Schenectady, Radio 81. Reichardt moving in. Rick Reichardt batting at 270. He leads the Angels in average. Eight home runs, 35 RBIs. A right-hand hitter. 6'3", 220-pounder. At third base, repose. Askew scored the first angel run as Reichardt hits a high fly to left field. Chauffey calling for it. He's under it. He's got it. The side is retired. Stottlemyre loses the shutout, but nevertheless, he retires the Angels in the eighth inning on one run, one base hit, one man left. The score, after eight full innings of play, it's the Yankees three and California one. Atlantic Imperial is made to give your car all the power it needs for normal high-speed driving. But sometimes your car runs into adverse driving conditions. Heavy traffic, long idling periods, stop-and-go traffic, sudden stop. A gasoline blended to help your car combat these tough driving conditions is this same high-powered Atlantic Imperial. Atlantic Imperial is made for the toughest driving conditions, high speed and stop-and-go traffic. So you could say Atlantic Imperial is just your speed. Next time you fill up, Fill up with a gasoline that pays off from zero to 60. Atlantic Imperial, a product of Atlantic Richfield Company. Hoyt Wilhelm on his 46th birthday is making his 970th appearance in a Major League Baseball game. And of course, that's an all-time record. Getting a fine hand from the fans here. Hoyt Wilhelm, the third California pitcher. Jim McLaughlin started it, went five innings, gave up seven hits and three runs. Clyde Wright came on and pitched three perfect innings, striking out two. And now in the top of the ninth inning, with the Yankees leading three to one, it's Hoyt Wilhelm. He's going up against Joe Pepitone, Jimmy Hall, and Gene Michael. The Seattle Pilots scored six runs in the bottom of the sixth inning. And now have taken the lead from the Boston Red Sox, 6-5, to five, after six full innings of play. The pitcher's in there right now. Ron Klein for the Red Sox and Jim Bowden for Seattle. McNerty hit his eighth home run of the year in the sixth inning for Seattle with two men on. Reggie Smith had his 20th in the second inning for Boston. 
They have now reversed their decision on the fielder's choice by repose, and they've given him a base hit. So that means that there will be two hits in the eighth inning instead of one. And there will be a total of five off Stottlemyre instead of four. Here's Joe Pepitone taking the knuckleball from White Wilhelm in there for strike one. Wilhelm in his 970th Major League appearance, an all-time record. The one-strike pitch to Pepe now. Hit sharply on the ground between first and second for a base hit. Pepitone's a little easier on Wilhelm right there, Jerry, than he was the last time he faced him. As I recall, uh, Pepitone hit a home run off Wilhelm to win a one-to-nothing ball game for the Yankees. That was the last time that uh, Pepe hit against uh, the veteran Hoyt. Pepe has been moving that bat. He's two for four. Now Jimmy Hall steps in. He's 0 for three. Jimmy bats the second, the short, and the first. Pepitone at first. Nobody out. Wilhelm fires over there, and Pepitone is back. A lot of conversation in the local, local papers as to whether or not Wilhelm will continue to pitch after this year. Paul hits one up the middle. Base hit just past the glove of Fregosi, and Pepitone holds on at second. So very quickly, the Yankees in the top of the ninth inning have runners at first and second. Nobody out. The runner, or rather the batter, will be Gene Michael, who struck out, singled, and bounced to the pitcher. Michael is one for three. Let's see how manager Ralph House plays this one. The Yankees are leading three to one. Behind Michael, it'll be Tommy Chopin and Jake Gibbs. Ainge Winfield not looking for a bunt. The first baseman, Spencer, is back behind Hall at first base. Nobody out. Moving in at third is Rodriguez. He is looking for the bunt. And an attempted pickoff at second base. There's almost uh, nothing more than just trying to scare Pepitone back to the bag. Wilhelm didn't throw the ball, and now Fergozzi comes in and has a chat with Wilhelm. Spencer has started to drift in a little bit now, and he is not playing behind Hall at first base as Rudy May starts to throw in the Angel bullpen. Here's the pitch, and Michael squares around. Uh-oh, there's a mix-up here. They got Pepitone and Hall at second. Now Pepitone... Askew goes after him. He throws to Fergozzi, and Joe is hung up as Fergozzi puts the tag on him. For some reason or other, Jimmy Hall took off for second base as Michael squared the bunt. Pepitone did move, and they had Hall and Pepitone at second. The play went two to six as Askew raced all the way out, went after Pepitone, flipped to Fergozzi, who was covering at third, and Jim went after Pepitone to put the ball on him. So Pepitone is out. Two to six on the rundown. Hall moves to second base. One out. One strike on Gene Michael. There was a mix-up. Either by Hall or Pepitone. Michael swings and misses strike two. Either Jimmy Hall thought the steal was on and it wasn't, or Pepitone missed the steal. And that's one you can only find out about after you get in the clubhouse. Yankees are leading three to one. They've got nine hits. The Angels have five. Wilhelm, the knuckleball. Strike three called, and Michael walks away. 
First strikeout for Wilhelm. Two down, Hall at second, the batter now Tom Chopay. Chopay single to left, safe on an air, and fly to left. One for three. Tommy has his very lovely wife out here. Of course, they look so young, the two of them. Looks like they're just in high school. Tommy hits a ground ball to the first baseman, Spencer, and he's going to make the play unassisted and just get there as Chopay kept going. Well, the Yankees in the ninth inning, no runs on two hits and a man left. The score after eight and a half, the Yankees three, California one. Everyone can use another set of dishes, especially fine china. So how would you like to have a beautiful set of fine china that you can use for extra special occasions as well as everyday dining? You can, and it will only cost you a fraction of what you'd expect to pay for quality fine china. Thanks to participating Atlantic dealers, you can now purchase a four-piece place setting of elegant fine china for only 99 cents with each eight gallons of Atlantic gasoline. This offer may vary in some states. We call this fine china royal elegance. Graceful tulips in a subtle, eye-pleasing silver gray set against a soft white background. Surrounding each dish, a thin line of regal silver. Each four-piece plate setting of cup, saucer, dinner plate, and bread and butter plate is yours for an unbelievably low price. Accessory pieces can also be purchased, and all can be charged on your Atlantic Richfield credit card. Let your family dine royally every day. Serve them on royal elegance. It's a dish fit for a king. Floyd Wilhelm pitching tonight's ball game at the age of 46. Uh, those of you who are wondering about the oldest player ever to play in the major leagues, the official record uh, goes to Satchel Paige. They claim that Satchel Paige was 59 years, 2 months, and 18 days old in 1965 when he pitched uh, three innings for Kansas City. Prior to that, the oldest active player was Nick Altrock, who pinch hit as a 57-year-old man in 1933. Jerry? You know, that's older than both of us. <laughs> and even Phil Rizzuto. That's a lot of age. One strike on Fergosi now in the ninth inning. Stolomeyer. Out in front, three to one. There's a line drive to Team Michael, one away. Fergosi, who was one for three, hit a bullet into the waiting arms of Gene Michael. One down. By contrast, very quickly, the youngest player ever to uh, play the Major League ball game was Joe Nuxall, who pitched for Cincinnati in 1944 at the age of 15 years and 10 months. That they had child labor laws. Boy, that's that. 15 years old. My goodness. Here's Bill Voss. One for three. Tries to bunt and takes it high. Strike one. No, ball one. Pardon me. I thought he took it high, and then the board flashed a strike, and now it goes to ball. 1-0 the count. Voss, the left-hand hitter, chokes up a little bit. Stottlemyre ready. Delivers as a high fly to left field. Chopay coming in, calling for it. He's got it. Two down. Mel Stottlemyre, one out from his 17th complete game, and that's tops in the major leagues. If he makes it, he's already leading with his 16 complete game. Of course, if Mel wins it, he'll have won his 15th. Very select company, McLean of the Tigers, Seaver of the Mets, Necro of the Braves, and now Stottlemyre of the Yankees moving in to that select company. Mel, a two-time 20-game winner, 
almost certain to make it three. Strike one is called on Jim Spencer, the big first baseman. He struck out, bounced to the pitcher, line to center. Spencer hits one high in the air to right field, going back. Nobody's going to get it. Clark went back, and Mercer was too deep to come in and get it. It's a base hit. For a moment, it looked like Horace Clark might run it down, but he couldn't quite reach it. Hit number six off Stolomeyer, a looping single in the right with two down. That'll bring up Aurelio Rodriguez, who is 0 for 3. The third baseman for the California Angels moving in as Jim Spencer with two down keeps things moving. Rodriguez representing the tying run. The Yankees are leading 3 to 1. Stolomeyer sets, delivers a curve that misses inside for ball one. At the moment, no one is warming up in the Yankee bullpen. Rodriguez bounced the third twice and tapped back to Stottlemyre. Spencer moving off first. Mel sets, fires low, 2-0. and oh. Well, the old story, and it's so true. The ball game is never over until the final out. The Yankees leading three to one. And now the bullpen is in action. Jack Aker up and throwing just in case. Stottlemyre ready. The 2-0 pitch. Strike call. Tonight's paid attendance, 13,887. And the final game of the four-game set tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Bill Burback against George Brunette. The one-strike pitch is fouled back. It's now two balls and two strikes. That's 1 o'clock Pacific Daylight Time. It'll be 4 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. And we'll be right here on our flagship station, opening things up at 12.55. WHN 10.50 on your New York dial. Two balls, two strikes, two outs. Runner at first. Rodriguez, a sca scrappy batter, trying to hang in there. Stottlemyre is ready again. Mel sets and delivers. A half swing call, strike three. Gibbs caught the ball in the dirt and then picked it up, reached after the batter. The ball game is over as Rodriguez strikes out, and that's a new high for a single game for Stottlemyre. Strikeout number seven. In the bottom of the ninth inning for California, no runs on a base hit, one man left. And the final score of this ballgame, the Yankees three, California one. And now switch, switch over to Frank Messer for the totals and the highlights. All right, Jerry, first of all, the totals on the ballgame. And this uh, could be the third straight two-hour and 12-minute ballgame in this series. We'll uh, see if we get that official time on it just as a sideline. But the totals for the Yankees, three runs, nine hits, and no errors. For the California Angels, one run, six hits, and one error. The winning pitcher going all the way, Mel Stottlemyre, who wins his 15th. And as Jerry told you, joins uh, Dennis McClain of the American League, Tommy Seaver, and Bill Necro of the National League, his 15-game winners this year. The losing pitcher, the starter for the California Angels, Jim McLaughlin. 
Oh, we didn't make 212. It was two hours and nine minutes tonight, three minutes quicker than the last two nights. We just wanted to pass that long, along as an oddity sidelight if it uh, was true. All right, here's the Yankees scoring for you. In the third inning, Chopin started it off with a single on that field. He was forced at second base by Jake Gibbs. Jake moved to third on Mel Stottlemyre's base hit and scored as Horace Clark grounded out to Alomar's second. The Yankees were ahead one to nothing. The Yankees won the ball game in the fourth. With one out, Joe Pepicone singled to center field. Jimmy Hall forced him at second base. Then Gene Michael singled, sending Hall to second. Tom Chope hit a ball right back to the pitcher's box, a sharp smash off the glove of McLaughlin. It should, be, should have been scored a base hit, but it was ruled an error to McLaughlin. It loaded the bases, and Jake Gibbs singled to right field, driving in Hall and Michael with Yankee runs number two and three, and that was the end of the Yankee scoring. The California Angels scored their lone run in the eighth inning as Q let off with a single. He uh, was safe at second, and Roger Repos was safe at first on a fielder's choice. The runners both uh, moved up when Alomar grounded out. And then Jay Johnstone hit a sacrifice fly to right field to drive in the only run for the California Angels. Well, Mel Stottlemyre missed his fourth shutout by one run. However, he did go all the way as Mel Stottlemyre leads the major leagues in complete games, and he is tied for the lead in the major leagues in victories. This was Stottlemyre's 17th complete game, and this his 25th start of the season. Stottlemyre's record now 15-7. and seven. Young Bill Burback will try to keep it going for the Yankees tomorrow afternoon when he goes against the veteran left-hander George Brunette of the Angels. Once again, the final score, the Yankees 3 and the California Angels 1. And now this is Frank Messer speaking for Jerry Coleman and for Phil Rizzuto, who will be with us tomorrow afternoon, and for Bill Kane and Sandy Alper saying so long from Anaheim Stadium in Anaheim, California. Yankee baseball broadcast has been brought to you by Atlantic Richfield Company and your local Atlantic dealer. Drive in where you see the Red Ball sign, the sign of service. Fill up with Atlantic Imperial and keep on the go. And by Peel's Real Draft, the beer that won the 1969 Taste Test. This is the home of Champions Network.